Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, July 3rd, 2023. Well, France has continued to spin out of control, and I think it's a very important conversation. Many would say by design, spinning out of control. We're going to get into what has developed since and some more information around how that's played out and what I really think it is, it's hard to even say predominantly about. I feel like there's a lot of multifaceted agendas playing out around this. And I think they all, a lot of them are interconnected, but one of the most obvious doesn't mean most important or most important to them, but most obvious is the total information control. And I even use that term kind of a nod back to the early like CIA intelligence organization group names. But we're also going to talk about a transgender whistleblower that actually came out in February. Surprise, surprise, nobody in the corporate discussion cared to point out what they were saying. But it's an alarming discussion that it's, it's everything we're concerned about. I mean, quite literally everything that we are saying. I mean, it's not surprising seeing as how we only say things on the show that we can prove. Otherwise, we make sure you know it's our opinion and we're only discussing things about what could be. But all the things that we've been telling you are happening. And what can happen in regard to puberty blockers, hormone treatments, and the way that the sloppy treatment, to coin the, ter- the, the, the word used directly from the president-elect of the leading transgender group, the sloppy treatment being given to children, is exactly what we think it is. There's an agenda around this. There's clearly, at the very least, a willful ignorance around how damaging this is, how even more so than that it can be, and how they don't seem to care from a business perspective, but from a political and government and you know the agenda behind it all, it really begins to seem, again, sinister. Something that is, it's aware to the people behind this that there's something wrong here. 
or rather specifically they're doing wrong by pushing this. And it's right on the table. She's speaking up about what she saw while she was there, that she tried to raise awareness to it and people didn't want to hear it. She was called a transphobe and witnessed everything we've been concerned about. The funneling of traumatized and and mentally ill and autistic and everything through this treatment as if that's the panacea. But the reality being that it's actually harming these people far more. And that includes people that might actually even have gender dysphoria. It's alarming. And that does not mean that every single person is part of this problem or that every trans person is pushing this agenda or every trans person even agrees with what's going on. But that's what the two-party paradigm would love for you to think, because as long as they keep you divided down party lines, nothing really matters, does it? We're also going to talk about a prominent viral account that apparently has been exposed as an obvious left-wing operation. But don't let that make you think that that's the only site it happens on. (laughs) It happens on the left right left side of the paradigm the right side of the paradigm and then you know the real controllers of the illusion it happens everywhere but it's important to notice that it is happening now we're going to start with france today about the that's why i opened with that clip in fact with the total information control the censorship and the the misinformation as well as important information not being covered around the internet being shut down and censorship and you know what's really going on it's amazing that we need somebody to, you know, it, it's, it's sad to see how many partisan players are out there pumping absolutely provably false information. I think both intentionally, wittingly un, and unwittingly into this conversation. And then that is being used by the very people that in any cases they think they're fighting against. It's really sad how clearly the two party paradigm breaks people's logic and forces them into things that compromise everything they think they believe in. So we're going to go over the information that we see in there and let you guys decide for yourself what's happening. But make sure we all understand that the censorship is right on the surface of this. And whether or not they're shutting down the entire Internet that I can prove to you isn't happening. They are censoring social media blatantly on the surface, not because they are proving people are breaking the law, not because they can say that they know what they said is fake information, just because they're worried that it might be. That, well, these people are in the area that we have identified as coordinating actions against, you know, so there are protests and there's riots. and There's all sorts of stuff happening. But just like every other conversation, it becomes all bad riots, everything when we want to shut down what's going on. Except when it's the reverse, when it's everything that happens, riots included, are all okay because we don't want to acknowledge it. It's the way our governments operate. And it does have it to do with the paradigm. But at the end of the day, as long as they keep us divided. Keep that in mind. Let's start with some information that just came out from Robert Inlikash, two excellent articles he put up this morning. The Decline of the Western Empire is a really important article going over exactly what it sounds like. And this this applies to France in a general way, but it doesn't specifically point out France, but it really does. It's important to understand what this what's going on here. And he makes a really important point about the superiority complex that most Westerners, not just Americans, but Westerners have when they visit other countries around the world, predominantly, especially the poorer countries. Well, we know, we know the idea where, you know, we demand people learn this language, but we go other places and we demand that they learn ours. And, you know, this is, that may seem like it makes sense to you, but at the end of the day, it is ultimately our perception that we are better than, and not everybody. I actually don't even think it's most people these days, but a lot of people in this country, two-party paradigm, think that a lot, both sides, in fact. And you'll see a lot of them act out around the world in that way, but then they, it creates this kind of perception about Americans that I think is intentional. But the point is, this is they're losing this control. They're losing the influence. They're losing, and, and it's, we all see it. It's rapidly happening. Now, a lot of people are happy about that, and a lot of people are desperate to maintain this, regardless of what that might mean for other people around the world or even Americans themselves. 
And I think that's the biggest problem with all this is that it comes down to personal interests at the expense of everything else if you're tapped into this political game. At one point or another, that's where it leads you. And I think we all begin to see that, hopefully. But it's a great article. Please read this and just understand that this is James Corbett's been writing about this for a decade and more. The engineered fall of the West. It's something that we have been talking about. So I don't think any of this is by random chance. Now, sometimes you do have things that happen, like in France or anywhere I'm referencing. I don't think it's by chance, but anywhere where something can happen and they take advantage of that event and then drive it into what they want. It could be as small as a little small protest that becomes a nationwide riot, right? That still started with something real, but it wasn't organic afterward than what they turned it into, like we talk about all the time. And I think we're beginning to see that. And I think France is one of those obvious examples. I do not think that what's happening there is even remotely what anybody in the paradigm is saying it is at all. Yeah, one side acting like it's now an Islamic caliphate all over these countries, and then on the other side acting like it is only because of racial injustice. And neither of those things are actually what's happening, in my opinion, both of which play a factor. But of course, then we, as people that see through the paradigm, you know, honest individuals who care about the truth, have to wade through all of this BS and point, and, and, and some of which those people actually care about the truth and don't realize they're being played. And it's just exhausting, isn't it? Let's all take a moment to realize how exhausting it is to have to fight through either side fighting with misinformation as you're trying to wade through them to get to the, the culprit, the government, the individuals causing all of this. He also put out a great article about Israel and Lebanon, which just to encapsulate the most absurd part of this article, that Israel is crying foul about Lebanon violating its sovereignty. I'm not making that up. Take a minute to laugh out loud about how absurd it is for the most Israel's government, who is actively violating treaties and agreements and international law and murdering people in Syria and Lebanon, ever, all the time with zero consequences, all of which constitute a great egregious violations of sovereignty, crying foul because Lebanon put up tents and, or, and, and, and had some troops on dis, debatably on the wrong side of the blue line, which is a kind of de facto, not, not internationally recognized borderline, while they're still technically in a de facto state of war. People don't even realize that. But Israel stands up and says, you can't have tents right there, which I think we can all, I think it can easily prove is on the Lebanese side of the border, especially when you consider that Israel's occupying territory there that they shouldn't anyway. But bottom line, that they're crying foul because they're violating sovereignty. UN, do something. Lebanon is violating our sovereignty. What about Golan Heights? Shut up. You don't, you don't have control over me, but do something about them. <laughs> It's just so insulting the way they play this game. And you can see on the surface of the conversation that they are rampantly lawless. They don't abide by the rules they force down everybody else's throat. Make sure you read these articles. Now, let's a couple, four, three other points I just want to include before we jump right into the France conversation. One, you might not know, Julian Assange turned 52 today. 52 years old. He's in a London prison with his health seriously deteriorating. I mean, I don't, how long is he even, I mean, it's actually crazy that I'm thinking right now that I don't even know how long he's been there. That simultaneously makes me disgusted with myself and outraged that we seemingly, I mean, how is this even possible? Do you, I mean, we all know this story. Everybody seems to be aware that Julian Assange broke no laws. In fact, he did exactly what most of the media did when he put this out too. They're not in jail. On top of that, he proved they committed crimes, which by law makes him a whistleblower, and nobody cares. They've gone after every single person who put this content out and have given them consequences unjustly. Not a single person involved with this murder you're seeing on the, film, on the screen here has ever been held accountable. What else do we need to see to understand what this government is? 
The collateral murder video shows Reuters journalists being gunned down by a U.S. helicopter. Several others were killed while the U.S. pilots laughed about it. The U.S. wants to extradite and imprison Julian Assange for 175 years. And I'm telling you, despite the back and forth to make, to make sure they can get him over here by pretending they won't put him to death, that was always on the table. The only reason, the only way they can get him from the U.K. is to pretend that they're not going to put him to death because that violates U.K.'s own laws, if that would even matter. But the bottom line, how has this been allowed to happen? How have we allowed this to happen? All of us, the West in general, anybody, the U.K., the United States. It's a, a travesty. And moving on, he's still in prison. Also, Toby Young points something else out. This is the last point for the opening I think is really important and alarming. Nigel Far- uh, Farage, I believe, or Farage, 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 I believe. <laughs> I've heard his name a thousand times. It's weird that we say it out loud. But the point is that he has, you've, we, I haven't, you, you've been seeing the back and forth. I mean, he's been speaking out about certain things in regard to a lot of you know, COVID stuff and a lot of different things, pushing back on a lot of narratives. But at the same time, he's very, very tapped into the paradigm. But they have been going after him aggressively. And guess what? They just, they're, they're basically removing his ability to, to access his banks. I mean, this is what we've all seen coming for political reasons. If, as Toby says, if we say nothing when, his deny, when they deny his service by the banks, who's going to speak up when they come for us? This is a new and sinister form of cancel culture that we must not stand for. Right, so you just have the wrong opinions and they take away your bank accounts? Yes, and we know this is where it's been going. Andrew Bridgeton points out he even put in an urgent question in Parliament. To, say, to ask about the cancellation of his bank accounts. Will the government make a statement? Despite all the media and public discussion on this issue, they didn't accept his question. We know why. They don't want this to be regarded. This is where we're heading, guys. The complete shutdown of everything that we need to operate against the narrative. Your banks, your finances, your ability to broadcast, your, your free speech in general. This is where it's going in rapid succession right now. Then lastly, just to make sure you guys see how much they play this game, and same thing that happens every single time. Biden's going to put out the JFK files, and everybody all over the place had all sorts of opinions, and we knew, and this going to, and then guess what? The same thing that happens every single time happened. Oh my God, we're totally shocked. Joe Biden released a memo postponing the full release, and as everybody screams, how dare he? He's a, he's a traitor, as they selectively forget that Trump did the same thing. Of course, of course, that's how the game is played, because partisan people seem to always try to play you against each other. Now, we need to see how this gets played, guys. Think about this in regard to every other topic we're getting into. Think about this in regard to France and how this plays forward. Now, we just talked about this. This is from the 30th. Macron blames social media for the riots. You know, not, not the fact that the police, assuming this is even where this started, but this does seem to be the, the beginning point, the, the inflection point where this move grew from which is when the police point-blank murdered a ch- a young, a, an adolescent in his car before, right before saying, you're going to get a bullet to the head, and then shoots him in the head as he drives away, apparently. Now, the video does show that, but the point is it's not you, – you can't really make out exactly what's being said back and forth other than the cop that you can hear on his own recording. But the bottom line is the cop has his gun out pointed at an adolescent while he's not a threat to his head. And then literally warns him, I'm going to murder you. I, that's what he said. He said, I, you're going to get a bullet to the head. That's what he said. And then he apparently starts to drive away and the cop follows through. That's murder, guys. There's no justification for that. So that does 
Oh, and then, of course, the point to include is that they then lied about it. They spun it and actually used it to say he was going after them. He was driving at them, and that's why they had to act. And the government used it. And they're pointing to you guys. They're pointing at these people and saying, you guys are bad people. That's what they're doing. And then the, the video came out, and everybody knew they were lying. And so that caused racial protests, riots, all sorts of stuff. And then, of course, as any other situation, whether organic or not, people took advantage, people breaking into stores. And, and look, just the way the cultural situation is or the way that people in France are being treated by their government, do you really, do you not? I mean, I don't justify it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't agree with it. But I clearly understand why some people might feel, screw this place. I'm going to go break this down and steal what I want because they've stolen everything from me. My child's life, my livelihood, my job, my freedom. I mean, you understand it. But please hear me. I do not agree with that. And I do not. I hope nobody acts this way because they want this from you, in my opinion. But realize that that could just be people acting out. But of course, one side of the narrative says all migrants and it's all because left wing policies. Well, that's a really, really lazy way to look at the information while ignoring a whole bunch of facts. But is it playing a factor? I can guarantee that playing a factor. And of course, the other side of it. Well, I mean, the reality is that there's always multiple agendas to all of this, but the, what we can see is that they needed to use the violence was create, that was created by the people that they pushed to take action to now take the next steps they're taking today and going forward. Now, you could argue that's not planned, but this is always how it plays out. I mean, look, at take January 6th, for example. That didn't even go the way they wanted it to, and it still got used, and it's still you, it was still made things happen. That's really crazy to me. Now, the point is, he's saying he's going to take steps to remove this content because the point was, he's not pretend, he's pretending it wasn't the shooting of the kid at all. It was the fake information being spread about what was happening that drove people to take action. So we have to crack down on your free speech. We saw the French minister, as Freddie Ponton points out, come out and literally say, you know, we're coming after your IP addresses. We're going to find you if we, if you which we have to understand is people telling the truth right now. There's no, there's not even up for debate, guys. There's no misinformation. If the story is the cop murdered this kid in cold blood right in front of, we know that we can prove it. So Macron is desperately trying to cover this up. They're now coming after people trying to spread this information. And here's what he said on the 30th. Essentially, there's other things up here about, uh, here, I'll just show you real quick. This one says, the two nights we just experienced are unacceptable and unjustifiable situation. Oh, and then the other part to include, that's what I was going to say and I forgot, is that on top of everything, the organic side of people just rioting and stealing because they want to, that have no concern about what just happened, or people that are actually worked up because they think this is a racial divide and they want to act out. There's on top of all of that, there is the aspect of globalization and people being used. And that means just pumping people in the, in the area that have no respect for the societal change. the same thing that happens in reverse. But on top of all of that is just the engineered riots like actual agent provocateurs like people that actually go out and cause this violence so it can then be used to crack down on the protesting all of those things i think we can near prove are in fact happening so that's what i really think is part of this is the fact that this is being used driven into chaos and then on top of all of that we must ask if that's even if is that even france doing that that's something that freddie ponton and i have discussed in the previous discussion Right. I was jump ahead just a little bit, but we talked about this on the last one that was supposedly all about the retirement age. Right. But it wasn't, though. And that was also this is all part of the same thing. The title was what's happening in France and is the U.S. government involved? His opinion is absolutely without question. 
So, and then of course the point in there is that it all relates back to Macron having some weird kind of uncharacteristic from what we think is happening association with China. Even talking about attending the BRICS discussion and kind of getting closer and closer to the alternative to the U.S. control. And what happens right after that? France gets out of control. Interesting, right? Well, again, we saw the same kind of thing, that this was all building and building. And Macron did a few things that they, I would argue, the globalist international order doesn't like. And then all of a sudden we see this happen. Now, I'm not saying I know that that's one, two, three, but at the end of the day, I very much, my opinion, think that that's what happened with all the other moving parts that we discussed. Down here, he says, I appeal to the sense of responsibility of fathers and mothers and families. The Republic, which is what a joke, hardly a Republic, does not have to replace them. Last thing it says, we will take several measures in the coming hours, which is odd because I mean, I did see some things, but it, this is obviously four days later. Yeah, four days later. In the coming hours, such as the removal of the most sensitive content, which whatever that means, whatever they want it to mean, in connection with these platforms. So just to be clear, aside from all of the hyperbolic arguments that everything is stopped, all the internet shut down, there's no debating it. He is openly censoring things without any, without, you remove the situation. This is just him going, I disagree with that. Take it down. That's not supposed to be how this works. But of course, when we go, well, it's a, an emergency. Ah, and now we're back to the emergency rule. But that's not what they're saying. But you see, they don't even need to say it anymore. Well, there's bad things happening. So we need to take extreme action. Do you not see how we're being channeled into this? The justification that, well, they're in, they're in danger. Like, you know what comes to mind all of a sudden? I was going to make a point on this. I even took down, removed the tweet from my notes. But there, I think it was uh, the mayor, was it New York? Eric, or what's his name? Anyway, there's, there's the black mayor that basically lashed out at that older white woman making some racial reference because she was calling him out for things they did. You don't teach me, you know, talk to me like you're a slave or like on a plantation or whatever he said. And turns out that she has some kind of like Holocaust relation and he looked like an absolute jackass. But what's interesting is we're starting to see this kind of action from people like Kamala and different, where they lash back out or even from Jake KJP and people where they, where they treat people asking questions like they're unjust, like media asking questions of, of politicians is somehow unjustified. Like, how dare you ask me about what's going on? You're, you know, don't, don't you care about policy in the United States? It's like this weird kind of thing is happening. Right? So she stands up and goes, I forget what the policy was, but something about how you did this and it ended up hurting us. And he goes, first and foremost, don't you point at me and you back up and you don't treat me like you're on some plantation and then doesn't answer the question. See how that works? And of course, the story was both that he insulted her and it was unjustified, but also that she was treating him like a like a slave, both sides of the narrative. But guess what didn't happen regarding the actual question and the fact that he failed them? So they're using this kind of out this outrage, righteous indignation. How dare you ask questions of us? Don't you believe in what we're doing? It's really concerning to me. So my point going back to this is that this is the government of France just basically saying, well, clearly there's bad stuff happening. So we're just going to take things down from the Internet. Okay, well, nobody seems to care about that because we all know that's been happening. I mean, from the government, they don't care. We do. But we all know that's been happening. But what dif- the only difference is, whether justified or not, that they can point to something bad and now they just, okay, okay, what happens from there? Well, going forward, they're just going to take down what they don't like. How much this is this is a point where things have shifted. 
We're at a point now where both the U.S., Yakarino, Elon, all of it, they're going to start removing things based on an absolute need, an emergency, because the world is burning down. We're, this is where it's going. This is my opinion to a degree. But you can see here he's saying he's going to do it. Now, the question is from the 30th forward, did he do that? Did they take stuff down? Answer is yes. They've been censoring stuff all over the place. But did they shut down media platforms, the Internet entirely? No, not that I can tell. Now, here's where it gets in. Well, I guess I, since I just said that, I should show you this one just real quick. This is just today, right now. You can see the latest. There's all sorts of posts coming from, oh, I just refreshed on me. Well, what I was showing was a lot of posts coming from France, from France. You know, you can just see there's a lot of people still posting hours ago in France talking about what's going on. So there is still social media access in France. That, the, that, no, that doesn't mean there's not censorship. Clearly there is, but you'll see why I'm pointing this out as we go forward, that a lot of people are saying the exact opposite. Well, I guess since I said that, we'll go right to this. Here is Jeff Younger saying, French President Macron has declared a total ban on social media. So here's a fire in Lyon. Okay, I'm not sure how that really relates, but the point is that that's not really what happened. Now, yes, I'm not just blindly taking what Twitter or Reuters has to say. Nobody should, despite the weird shift how right-leaning people have now suddenly decided to start taking what Twitter notes as, <laughs> as face, even though they're still seemingly reporting. Oh, that wasn't Reuters, but, you know, mainstream stuff. But my point, though, is that hasn't happened. You can still see that they're accessing the Internet now on the 30th, the 1st, the 2nd. Okay, so what's interesting is why somebody would go over the top and say that. Here's one. Eyes on France, full lockdown tomorrow, including Internet blackout. And then post some kind of an image that we, I can't verify. That didn't happen. That's today. Post this yesterday. That's today. There's no Internet shutdown. I'm looking. I'm, I'm watching. There's still chaos happening, but... It's not what people are predicting. And this is what brings me to the main point of why I think this is being used. This came out today. And in no way am I saying BBC is right or we shouldn't. Some people just can't hear online. I got into this back and forth with somebody who's like, but that's, none of those pictures are accurate. My point, like, I'm not even trying to reference what this article is saying. I want people to just take note of the fact that they're using what's going on to justify what they're doing. The false French riot posts. Okay, so what they're saying is we need to start censoring the internet, not because we don't like that you're exposing our lies, but because you're spreading things that are causing more and more chaos. But obviously, free speech is limitless. Absolute. You do not have the, you don't get to say, but that, you can't. The point is you can intentionally be wrong. That's one of the things people don't like to say out loud because people will push back, but that's the truth. Free speech means you can accidentally be wrong that you can intentionally put out fake information. The government does it all the time. But most likely people, my point is that you have the right to be wrong accidentally. My point is you can share all sorts of stuff and turn out, oh, that didn't know it was wrong. The point is that they are censoring people based on the perception of that, and that's blossoming into a massive effort to stop anything they don't want people to see. Now you're going to see it's the same stuff that I'm pointing out. Now, I, I haven't looked into these images. I don't, the only one that you've seen on my show is this one, which is I can, can, I can confirm is incorrect. You know, posting this, a lot of big right-wing accounts going, snipers in France. And it's, it's, you can prove the video is from years ago, and the guy doesn't even have a clip in the actual gun. It turns out it was some kind of a mock thing they did, blah, blah, blah. So all BBC is doing is trying to make it out to be that this is the why of it all. It's not what you think it is. It's a bunch of right-wing liars online. And then what happens is the people actually filling that role, because that is partly true, Certain people look at that and go, oh, so it is all fake. 
this is why we need to be better than this. And people in the two-party paradigm need – and see, my point is some of them know they're doing this, and that's what's most concerning. But a lot of them don't, and they're just spreading things like this. They don't realize you're wrong, and then that gets pointed at and justifies what they're already doing. Here is just a post from the, Fr- the French uh, – this was the – where was it? Press relief from, from National Police. What they, they basically said this document's false. No, no decision has been made in regard to shutting all this stuff down. They are censoring what they said they would do, false information, blah, blah, blah. Now, is that true? You can decide for yourself. But at the, at the point when we can see that there is still info coming out of France, it's pretty clear that this wasn't a complete shutdown, which I find interesting. So again, same point. France is about to go into full lockdown, internet blackout. You have to prepare food, water supply. I mean, okay, it didn't happen. So now BBC goes, see, fake news. It's all fake. And don't, don't mind the man behind the curtain as they cover up what's really going on. And I don't know if these people know they're doing that or not, but they are actively, inadvertently maybe, giving them exactly what they want. Again, you can go through and look for yourself. There's all sorts of posts still coming out of France and showing you what's, I mean, look at this one. This is four minutes ago showing a tanks running in the street, right? I mean, this, this is actually an important point to realize that, you know, the military is deployed. People are, whether it's national police or, you know, whatever. But this is very, quite serious. But at the same time, as I, as I say that, I've seen plenty of reports about some kind of military aspect to this. But again, you know, this is just a video posted online. How do we know this isn't from five years ago? That's how we have to think about this. The reason I just showed is because I do know there are reports of military deployment to some degree. So that is accurate. But this, who knows? That's the problem with this. But yes, posts are still coming out of France. Now, here's another example. Macron is pulling social media down off the air. Total censorship and ban all reporting on France. Oh, and then, by the way, here's a building in France on fire. Nope. It's from the EU. We've actually seen this before, before I even look at the community notes. This is something we've talked about. A lot of people in this field have been doing this long enough, see these things pop up over and over and over. It's from the UAE. It's not true. And I simply point out to them, because hey, I've seen this account do it plenty of times. By spreading intentionally false info on this topic, you might as well be working with the government, as they are using accounts just like this to justify what comes next. And I showed this post. And that's the, what I was talking about. Somebody's like, well, I haven't seen any of those images before. I'm like, man, I'm not even talking about the images in the article. I'm talking about this right here. That's my point. And they're using this stuff very, very clearly. Here's another one. This person says, even Batman has had enough. He goes, nah, bro, look what's going on in France right now. I mean, it's more of a joke, really. This is a really weird video, just like a bunch of people dressed like Batman jumping out of a U-Haul. Now, here's what you'll find, which, which is really telling. This is one of the versions going around. They're saying this is happening in France. Here's the one that I've seen more, in it, more than anything, all over the place. And you know what's different about it? They selectively cut out part of the screen. You want me to show you why? Because it's obvious this is in the United States. Right. You can see a speed speed limit, 25 right there. That's not how signs look in anywhere outside of the United States. OK, so it's really embarrassing that people are not only doing this, maybe in unintentionally, but intentionally selectively removing the part that. So why would you do that? You either don't care about the truth and you want to see things get crazy or you're part of an agenda. Right. That's what's going on. But either way, you spin it. Getting huge views. Look, there's almost 100000 views on this video. And people are going, look, France is out of control. <laughs> it's just, it's super strange, isn't it? This is something I've been seeing floating around. And again, it doesn't mean this is fake, but my, this is a QAnon, which by the way, a lot of people don't even realize it's still a pretty prominent thing. It's saying right on Q, it looks like Marie Le Pen is readying to take power in France after the military gets called in to stop the riots. Remember back in this 2021, thousands of serving military personnel retired and blah, blah, okay, yeah. 
So it's just, this is just a story. There's nothing to back this up. As far as I can tell, it may, who knows, may happen. But the point is, this is a narrative that comes from Q that they've been saying, this is actually what's secretly going to happen and just wait and new things pop up and they apply it to the, what's going on and it never seems to happen. Well, here's another important one that just kind of adds to a larger point. This is not about France, but this, I believe is this and a lot of others. I kind of just selectively chose some of the ones that were happening, but you'll, you could find an endless amount of these today. I think there's something bigger happening right now that goes beyond France and whether that's France is why, like this was initiated to do this, or it's just taking advantage of what's going on in France, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. What I'm seeing is that there is a lot of, of resurfacing of a bunch of old nonsense videos that we've seen. Like the one I laughed about earlier today with somebody was, like I said, people that have been doing this long enough, you see these, these videos just keep coming back up. Some new person enters the field and they go, oh my God, here's Bill Gates talking to the DOD about a genetic weapon. <laughs> Like, well, no, I mean, that, that's certainly possible. The guy wouldn't, I mean, that's the stuff they're involved in, but the video you're talking about, nope, it's not Bill Gates. And that's why I use an intentionally fuzzy version of the video. Because when you use the real one, it's obvious it's not him. And even moreover, it's not even a real video. We've talked about this in the past. Does that mean they're not working on genetic? No, obviously they are. And obviously Bill Gates is involved in some way. But the point is the video is fake, but it keeps popping back up. There's these things we've seen over and over but today, or rather the last week, I personally, you tell me what you think, I have seen it on Overdrive. And this stood out to me. You know why? Because randomly, the Newsweek, uh, Newsweek decided to cover it. Now, when's the last time you saw a random conspiracy video posted on Twitter and they make an entire article about it? Well, I think it's because they want this to be center, front and, front and center stage. This is what I'm talking about. You've probably seen this everywhere. This is just one of the random ones I grabbed, but it's all over the place. Is that a body bag leaving the White House? <laughs> sure, sure. A body bag they rolled out right out the front door because that means that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> but here's what the video shows. Of course, with X-Files music. Oh my gosh, it's a thing we can't really tell what it is. So let's assume it's a body bag and ask ourselves why when there's a morgue inside the building that they would roll it right past the front window that they know everybody can see. I mean, come on, guys. Certainly possible. Anything's possible. But my point is this video has been around forever. Here's just one example of it from 20, or this one here, from 2022. But realize, oh, shoot. Realize that it goes a while back. Okay, this is long before 2022. That's why the video is super poor. And it just keeps swinging back up again. They go, hey, a body bag at the White House. It must be Biden. That's the story going around today. And which then triggered them to go fake news. So nowhere in this will you find them going, oh, that video has popped up 47 times in the last six years. And we can know. No, why? Why don't they do that? If the whole point is proving that it's a fake story, wouldn't they care to do that? No, they only care to say it's not Biden and it's fake news. And here's why we need to crack down on right wing censor. Exactly. That is the point, guys. And I don't know whether this account or this one is is will is knowingly misleading or they didn't care to check or doesn't even don't care either way, but it is being used against us. That's important to me. Now, here's one that I think is an interesting difference. And I think I had this. Oh, I, you know what? I'll just play it right here. This somebody posts this and says, you will not see this in the government sponsored media. The riots across France have reached unprecedented levels of vandalism, arson, and violence. And that is true. I mean, I've seen it's crazy. I personally think this is being driven. As I said in the last show, these tactics are very similar. The same things like I said we've seen in Syria, in Venezuela, and every one of those have the, the they are US operations. 
Now, I don't know that's what's happening here for sure, but I, I, people like Freddie Ponton thinks very clearly that's part of it, and I agree. And as you see, it kind of spins out of control from a, a, a protest about a shooting into just absolute chaos around burning things down. That is typically how this works. Maidon Square, for example. It's a very good, all of a sudden. And so it's, I think that's being driven from the outside. But it says the riots are now spreading from France to Belgium and the rest of Europe. Now, that's a little bit more. I am seeing things around the world, but I think that's so far, and I could be wrong. It feels like that's being kind of blown into proportion. I'm seeing things like in Ontario, and this is like a video of some little scuttle in the street. They're like, chaos in Ontario. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Like, if we, people are jumping the gun, but still, I'm not saying I, I could be wrong. But it says migrants in, Bel- in Belgium are beginning to burn and loot Belgian cities. Now, again, I don't know. This, this is this person's opinion. Home to Muslims who complain of discrimination. So clearly they have, you know, and then this is the point. Biden's unchecked mass migration <laughs> will destroy the United States. I mean, come on. Now, I don't, I don't disagree that what they're doing in their policy is, is the, if you think this is different from, from pretty much any other administration, you're just falling into the political game. The idea that this is somehow, de- and, and really the idea that just, it just, this is what that narrative means is that these people are just disgusting evil migrants and they're here just breaking things because they don't care about our society i mean that that is a ridiculous insulting lowbrow quite frankly disgusting perspective are there some like any other type of person that would be yes obviously from anywhere you go you could have an entire group of white people that go over and and migrate into the middle east how much you want to bet some of those people are going to be disgusting thieving raping murderers 100 percent but to argue simply that this that's that's why this is happening, because they're just ba- the inherent point is that they're just lesser than, which is exactly Robert's point from the earlier article. Superiority complex. The real point is that this is about something different. Now, all that aside, and again, stolen elections have consequences. I'm just like they're just shoehorning in all these personal opinions. And that's how the paradigm tends to work. But let's walk this really quickly. You know, first, what I think is interesting is despite what they say here, first of all, what you can see on the first part of the video is a massive protest, not a violent riot, but a massive protest that shows you there is an honest and genuine part of this that's just about the shooting of that kid, which is very important. Look at that. That's crazy. We've seen bigger, though, yellow vest and so on. So the point is, then that's not all that they wrote up there, right? That, at least in some part, is just an organic protest, right? So why would you leave that out of what you're saying? I find that interesting. But then, yes, goes on to point out a lot of chaos. And again, people all in their black coverings and their, their black lavas, like this is this is something that we've seen radically pop up all of a sudden after all of these, you know, this, it's the same kind of color war tactics. There's something wrong here. We know how this operates today. January 6th, anywhere else, the, they know how to make this work. They know what the narratives are in the paradigm and they know how to stoke those racial divides. They, this is how this game is played. Now, I'm just... The point is you'll, you'll see, you know, violent acts and so on. But I don't know where you immediately jump to this is just migrants being, you know, bad people breaking things because policy. It just seems very strange to me. To me, this just seems like people milling around, protesting and rioting. But to assume it's because of what you think, you know, that's, that's a choice. Again, 
watch this interview because I think it's very relevant. As soon as he feels up to it, I'm going to get Freddie back on the show. And I actually, I believe he said he was going to speak with uh, Patrick Henningsen about this the other day. So look out for that. He might have already spoke with him. I know, but I know he's going, I think he's back or something. He's going to reach out to me when he's ready. <clears throat> but the point was, we talked about this. This was the same thing. It's just the extension of the same agenda. Now, whether this is just because France or rather specifically Macron is sort of eyeing partnerships and agreements with China and the BRICS organization and the BRICS agreement, which clearly is the is you're not allowed to do that in the Western perspective, or it's about globalization and and censorship or all of it combined. I don't know, but my personal opinion is I do think that there's factors of all of those things that we shouldn't be trying to suss out the exact one point that is what it's all about because it's rarely like that, right? We should just keep our, our minds open and look at these kind of developments that go beyond the two-party paradigm discussions. Now, we've seen this kind of stuff, which I think is really crazy. The kind, like we saw that really ridiculous video of the chainsaw and the motorcycles. Like these things just don't make sense to me. This, all he's showing is a car just seemingly drives in and blows up, right? So I'm not sure if that was just a timing the car, but it, clearly the car drove right into the building. So yes, this looks like a car bombing. The car drove in and there was a bomb. So that's a suicide bomber, if that's correct. So it's there's this kind of thing is what begins to make me think this is about organized rebellion. Not because of divide about the shooting or because of racial, but about from an outside presence causing this for whatever reason you might think. Look at this. could argue that that might be because of what happened with the shooting of the kid that they're just you know riled up and they're marching because of that but at the end of the day i'm seeing a lot of this kind of like form formulaic black covering my opinion it's it seems like everything else we're seeing even in this country now james makes an excellent point cumulative numbers arriving in the uk on small boats as estimated by the home office which i don't know why we'd ever take that at face value but just for the sake of conversation they're saying this is the amount, how many migrants come over in these boats. And you can point out that it's dramatically increased since 2019. Now, of course, I think his point is that this is the problem. But see, I don't agree with that. Well, I, to a degree, I do in a sense. But what I agree with is that this has been engineered and is a byproduct of destructive, disgusting foreign policy of the West. Now, that is without question part of this. So if you can't in this conversation acknowledge that the foreign policy of the United States and France are causing this, and whether that's just causing the migration, which then causes people that come into the country with a perception that they destroyed their home and their family and murdered where they came from, and gee, I wonder why they'd be upset, and that's just causing chaos, or that's being driven, and then through that are being, you know, the agent provocateurs are causing that. It really, at the end of the day, my point here, it doesn't matter. The point is that we have to acknowledge that this is only increasing to a dramatic degree because of the actions of these governments, and that might very well be by design. I find that very concerning. And then really think about the, like, outside of the conversation that all of these people are paid, you know, like, I keep seeing all of the, the Stu Peters of the world out there. Look, they're all, you know, middle-aged men. Like, like, the argument keeps being that this is all an orchestrated, organized thing, and every single migrant is there as a terrorist, and it's all about, it's just disgusting. It just, these are disgusting people that are just framing everybody as negative because it goes along with an agenda. It makes me sick. Now, again, are they happening, is, is there, 
are there people that are organizing groups like this in order? Yes, clearly. But to broad stroke everything happening and all these people, it's just that's a bad person. It's disgusting to me. So I think what we need to realize is that these are organized events that are driving these people here, but that there are average people that are caught up in all of this. Average families and people, and that people like that make everybody think they're all terrorists and disgusting, and that's what happens every single time. At one point, it was all the Muslims. Today, in certain perspectives, it's all the bad guy Russians. The point is that whoever the boogeyman of the day is, it's totally okay to dehumanize them because politics. It, it, makes, me, it makes me sad for a lot of it. But here's an interesting point. And it just goes to show you how disgusting and how pathetic these corporate media people are. Here's Jen Psaki trying to become her own thing in media, which just shows you the revolving door between the politics and the media, which they're the same thing. She says, we're noticing the reemergence of an old ploy straight from the GOP playbook, as if there's just, you know, they all have their agendas and the same thing, the tactics. It's really the government playbook. So it's just funny how they try to make this argument. But guess what she's saying? Well, I'll read what Glenn, Glenn points out. I observed yesterday that liberals don't believe non-white people are capable of forming dissenting views on their own. Here is Jen Psaki, and again, I know it's not your favorite name, claiming the only reason Muslim Americans object to the trans dogma in schools is because white conservatives are manipulating them to think so. Not only is that very stance disgustingly bigoted and racist, the idea is that she has absolutely zero evidence to make that argument. If you want to waste your four minutes and 50 seconds of time, feel free to watch it. But you have the, the point that stood out to me glaringly throughout the entire thing. Here is a woman that has been screaming about fake things and misinformation and clumsy, you know, right wing, whatever. And then you go out and make an argument. That the that this is a, an organized plan. Now, you listen to this. She is not going. Here's my opinion. She is going. Here's what's happening. The GOP is using Muslims against the trans movement. That's she's like very ab absolute about it. And then presents literally no evidence other than the fact that Muslims are doing that. And they wouldn't do that if they weren't being pushed by the, the right wing crazies, right? I mean, this is unbelievable. It's almost like the, we, we are, we, the world is inverted, hasn't it? Like, we have these people, people, like even myself, that have been called conspiracy theorists, even though we've never truly been that, not in the sense they mean it, that are now, in my opinion, leading the media discussion. Because we clearly see them... We used to be, they used to be the ones setting discussions, barely occasionally glancing over at us. Now we're setting the topics and they're having to engage with it. That's what this is right here. I mean, really think about that for a second. Think about how that must bother them. But my God, is this bad? And then again, the main point being that you're, you're seriously making the argument, even if you think this is true, even if there's evidence for it, that somehow a Muslim American is not capable of going, I disagree with that simply because I disagree with that. Nope. Nope. This is, this is the point they make, that you're too stupid to understand. You're just being manipulated. Manipulated. It's the same thing with, you know, an anti-vaxxer. It's not your fault you're stupid. You're just being manipulated by right-wing conspiracy theorists. No, no. I know what's going on. I read the information. I saw the peer-reviewed sign. No, no. You're just confused. Think about how condescending that is. This is how they play the game, and this is why they're losing control. Because this kind of person is a puppet. I mean that in all the senses you might mean, both politically and just a Muppet, a person who was just blah, 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 just you know, putting out whatever. They, this, it's sad. And I think they know it. I think they see the writing on the wall. I really do. And in, in a general note, I just want to include this somewhere. As this is all happening, 
We're seeing explosions pop off at, the, at D.C. We saw the entire D.C. Air, uh, White House area get momentarily shut down with hazmat suits because of some cocaine, what was it, chlorinate or some weird bag of something that had nothing to do with any danger. I feel like we're being primed for something, quite frankly. So we have to watch and be aware of how this is going to be used against us. Now, a couple of points before we finish with the transgender conversation. Free Speech Ireland points out, now, you can listen to this for yourself, but I'm just going to read, read what they wrote. And this is what she's saying. Upon such evidence being given and a warrant granted, the guards can enter your home, search every person there, seize every single electronic device in your house, your phones, your laptops, your tablets, those of your partner, your child's phone. They can take anything, diaries, books, any object at all that they decide and hold them for an indefinite amount of time. This is from the hate speech bill. I mean, really reflect on that, guys. This is a, a bill about misgendering, about saying something that's insulting. And if they decide that you meant it on purpose, that you just heard it for yourself. To what end? Why? To seize all of this, to make sure they can, well, they already know you did it, right? They're the ones going, here's what you said. There's the end of the conversation. According to them, that's a crime, which we should all know is not true. But then this clearly is punitive. Why exactly do they need to seize all of your electronics if they if, if here's what you said and we're arresting you for it? Maybe to make sure there's not more that they need to get. Yeah, exactly. This is authoritarian. That's Orwellian. For speech. Remember the time like 30 seconds ago when they all used to pretend that free speech was paramount? This is alarming. Now, in the Netherlands, I found this to be very interesting. Now, I personally find this to be real and organic. But I also see it as something that will be used. Not because I actually don't think that they mean this in, in a violent way, but I do believe this will be used. Now, Bernie's tweets points out the Netherlands, the farmers who have been just decimated in, Den, in all the places in Denmark and you know the Danish farmers, they want to topple the prime minister, form a government, and set the people free at zero globalist tyranny. In the end, the people will decide. That's democracy. That's what she writes. Here's the headline. We can topple the PM and form a government, say the leaders of Dutch Farmers Party. Mark Rutte to think twice about his plans to close farms. And Okay, now, if they should decide, do you realize, I mean, they, look, think about how they frame the, the, the Canadian truckers. Like, literally, people that were standing out there screaming for free choice and freedom, they called them Nazis. I mean, that, it's, there's going to be another reference to that at the end of the show today about just, you know, people that just have a different, you know, same-sex attraction are apparently Nazis now. Not making that up. But that's the kind of hyperbolic, like we all know is ridiculous, even them, but it still happens. So I think what's going to happen here, if they should decide, is that they're going to frame this as insurrection. Like just the statement. Because you see, what they've already created is a world where your words are just as dangerous, even though that's not true. So now they're going to say, well, you're, you're th you threatened to topple the government. You're under arrest. I mean, that may sound crazy to people, but realize, do we not see that's what's happening right now all across the country and the world? It's very concerning. But realize both, well, let's just take it from the United States perspective. As the people of this country, we have every right, according to the Constitution, to do just that. Now, that, guys, scares them the most. That is what they're so on guard about, is the idea that we should understand, if they are the worry that we might understand that as the people of this country, we technically have the power to remove them from power because we decide to. 
That's it's it's like the concepts we talk about, or you know, the removal of abstention, or the 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 hiding of jury nullification. These are all things that they know give you more power than they want you to have. What I'm citing is the idea that you know, should a government, what's the actual wording, um, become destructive to its own ends in the sense what you know ends that are in our benefit and what we want as a population then you then it's the right of the people to alter or abolish it that's right out of the constitution and they, and they would argue that me even saying that right now is potentially a threat that puts me on a watch list we've proven this on the show for citing the constitution how much more do we need to see now last note on foreign policy i believe before yeah before we get into the the account that's the operative I just wanted to point this out, that elsewhere in the world, these things are still developing. Ukraine, according to the New York Post, is preparing for nuclear explosion. Literally. That's what they're saying, as Russian troops ordered to leave the plant. Now, again, I, I'm going to dive into this in, a, in a, the, probably, hopefully tomorrow. I'm really trying to keep banging these shows out day after day right now. So I don't know whether this means that they, that's a lie about the tro- Russian troops moving. Because if they're leaving the area, I'd like to find out why. I haven't had time to dig into this yet, but I wanted to point this out. Just the, not that this is happening, but this is what the narrative is coming from the corporate media. Nuclear explosion coming soon. <laughs> well, that's kind of unnerving, isn't it? Especially when we know that if the Russian troops are leaving and the Ukrainian military does take control again, well, my God. That's, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that won't happen. Not to scare anybody, but I mean, I think that's where this goes right now. And that doesn't mean, I mean, I I don't want to theorize anymore because we just don't know. But at the end of the day, this is exactly what seems to be kind of slow boiling all over the place. Multiple situations at the same time. And I think that's by design. Now, this is one of the things that I want to, you know, this should reflect on all the stuff we talk about today from both sides of the conversation, that there are active operatives, both by, you know, bots just selling things and advertising, spamming. DDoS attacks or, you know, all these different things, as well as operatives from both sides of the political paradigm and foreign countries. It's everywhere. And as far as I can tell, it's dramatically worse than I've ever seen it, despite the argument being the opposite from Elon. It's very strange. But this is apparently, as far as I can tell, this is genuine. We, I, I actually had a thought about this when I first saw this account. Because it's like, this is like, it's almost, a, a, it's like right in between. You know, you see these accounts that are intentional parodies where they pretend to be a left-wing person and they say all the things that are, and you read it and you're like, <laughs> and the, the thing I always laughed about was I, I would look at them and go, the craziest thing is, I don't know. Is it with how crazy things are today? I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what somebody was saying on the left or the right for that matter. And I saw this account and I just like, yeah, it was right in the middle. It was, it was crazy, but in just toned down enough to be like, it kind of seems real, but it was towing, you know, Ukraine flag pronouns, the whole thing. Right. As Greg points out, this person does not exist. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm thinking this is the right one, right? Because I think there was, there's two people that I was talking about in the past. And one of them was a right and one was a left. Either way, it's the same point. The person does not exist. He repeats. Does not exist. This is election interference starting early. That's his opinion, obviously. I will not even link to their page because it is dangerous to continue to follow and engage. This is an account bot linked to Belgium. This also shows how easy our elections are being influenced. Well, I agree with that in general. But it says the account is linked to a consulting firm in Belgium, which I'll show you the account. The heart is easy to show. Michael Zacharow is behind the liberal dystopian bot triggering conservatives. So this one, I was right. This is a liberal dystopian bot. He is digital. Mar- he's a digital marketing SEO who labels himself as a soul as social selling. Let that sink in. Social selling. 
when doc when Democrats talk about the support of their candidates and create bots as influencers, let's by the way, let's not forget that verify this Marion Spring, whatever from BBC. Isn't that what they said they were gonna do? Make fake accounts to follow and well, how do we know that's not them? Why that makes sense to anybody is crazy. They they're literally telling you they are the ones out there pretending to be other people. It says it's a scientific method to change the hearts and minds of people to peddle influence over the masses. This is the election interference that we've been warned about. It's also important to note they're hiding firms, they're hiring firms to create the divide. This is not exclusive Democrats. You should question all divisive content that aims to manufacture outrage with no balance. Thank God. Somebody, this is what we've been screaming about. There are people all over the place, like kind of the points I was showing you earlier in the show, that are coming out with these aggressive right or left wing arguments. And just it's all about keeping you on one side of the paradigm. Here this guy is, Michael Zachrow, who approached who approached you to push out social selling on Erica, he asks. Here's the account. You can see his name, his picture and name even attached to this multiple like, fake image. In conclusion, he says, hey, Elon, are you able to fight back against social selling? The thing I can't get my wrap my mind around is why you would assume he's not involved. It's just, I don't know for sure, but people, people, oh, hey, hey, can you help me out, Elon? Didn't you know? It's, it's, guys, this is, you think he's not aware of this stuff? This seems to be the most dangerous of all the accounts. It says, update to the thread. It says, the follow up to clarify before bed, this image is what mines back to rhinestones. Rhinestone. The website linked to this guy we're finding out, we're talking about. This is Erica Marsh, which leads to his name being linked behind the liberal tweeting bot that's based off of who she followed and mapping linked to likely being funded as a manufacturing outrage account. I have no evidence that this person is or was Erica, nor did I claim that anywhere. Anyway, I think that's the gist of it. The point is the account right after that got suspended. Now, I find that wildly suspicious. Now, you could argue it's because the account was a bot and they find that out. But do you know, are we really pretending like they couldn't see that? the way that it's operating algorithmically, the fact that endless amounts of people have been reporting this account. We talked about, I mean, I, oh, I, we didn't have it on the show, but I've been following this a minute. I saw it a while ago. So suddenly, once it becomes, so no, people report it and say, this is a bot. We can tell. It's fake news. No, no, no action is taken. Then suddenly, when it gets a lot of attention and people are like, oh, it's clearly an operation. Censored. I find that very, very telling, don't you? Michael Singer points out the popular left-wing Twitter account, Erica Report, oh, Erica Report, which recently had an ultra-viral post denouncing the Supreme Court's ending affirmative action, has been banned for being a bot account run by a left-wing political machine supporting the Democrats. Is that what happened? I mean, that, again, that's that's the assumption. Or it's because it was taken down so we can't comb through it. And, you know, the whole thing that we, like, I think there's, it's we should ask these questions at the very least. It says, our world is just not what it seems on the surface. We are in full-out information warfare. Accounts are faked. Bots antagonize and use the algorithm to gain speed. During COVID, the public was manipulated by censoring. This is everywhere, and it's left and right. Eva Frey points out that he's now been blocked by this guy. Here's his account. And he says he never even knowingly interacted with him. <laughs> Given the recent reports, it's bizarre to say the least. I want to pretend I was smart and knew that Erica Marsh account was parody, but I wasn't on. I was he was on the fence. I, I was too. The suspension leads to the conclusion that it was in fact undisclosed parody or fake. And again, that's a, a, an assumption. I, I, far too many people assume into the benefit of Elon, just like they all did for Trump. They'd always assume. Well, there must be an explanation. I don't know why you would assume that. If you want to, I guess. 
Travis points out, so the guy allegedly behind Erica Marsh account lives in Germany and is a raging liberal lunatic, that's his opinion. That would mean everything he posted considered hate speech could be punishable with jail time or a fine, which, of course, won't apply with the operatives. I support free speech, but I do enjoy watching liberals fall on their sword sharp. And here's the point. Ashley Babbitt has now gone 108, 105 days without committing an act of domestic terrorism. Congratulations, Ashley. Right. This account literally posted this. That's the person that got shot in the Capitol. She's dead. This is about causing. So you know what this does to Republicans who see this? They freak out. And they think every Democrat thinks like this. Now, some of them surely do, but this is about creating that in people that might not otherwise have it. This is a, it's a long-term social engineering game. We, I, we need to be aware of this by now. Here's the account if you want to go through this and see what they're doing. I think there's a lot more of this happening. And on that very note, I am wildly concerned about what's going on in the transgender conversation. For the same reason we're talking about here, that the social engineering and what that actually leads to. And it is very concerning to me. The whistleblower conversation, what we've already told you about. I mean, guys, it is undeniable. The reality of this conversation is one of the most concerning things I think I've ever covered in my life. And it is just transparently obvious. Now, to me, more so than even COVID, like this is going to be a conversation, I think, that very rapidly, I think very soon, is going to explode. Because people are coming out, they're speaking out, There's gonna, more and more people are going through the process and then realizing they made a mistake and they're speaking out, and more and more, that doesn't mean everybody, but enough of them. I think most of them, quite frankly, but enough of them to show you that it should, at the very least, not be something children are being offered, if not driven to. I mean, God, I can't even believe we're talking about that. Well, let's talk about Start with the breastfeeding conversation. Now, we're going to get into a few different parts of this, but this is something we've already covered. And I thought it was important to revisit this and make this point about, I mean, it, it applies to everything we've talked about in this conversation. Everything under the sun about this conversation is at the very least being misrepresented. As if the standards of care and everything's safe and effective, it's just like every other conversation when there's no long-term studies and the evidence quite literally contradicts what they're being told or what is being stated. Here is this is what kind of spun this. This has been circulating the last couple of days. This is a trans person that is is at some kind of festival with it. You know, he's a drag queen story time. You know, whatever, and breastfeeding. At least what that what they call breastfeeding, chest feeding, or whatever. And I've gone through this before. It is not the same thing, despite how they adamantly scream at you if you say the opposite. And I'll prove it to you right now. Now it says. There have been thousands of tweets full of hate, cruelty, and attempts at ridicule directed at me this week. But it's Pride Weekend. Queers and have always been queers and can't erase us. And, you know, again, this idea that anybody who critic who doesn't agree with you is trying to erase you, not only is it, you know, hub- uh, what delusions of grandeur, quite frankly, hubris, the idea that all are, the point is just people have different opinions. Now, yes, there are some people that absolutely hate and want to remove you, just like you do to a lot of people that you disagree with. That's the important point we don't like to talk about, is that they're not even quiet about it. But of course, that's the acceptable hate right now. You're allowed to hate the evil white ring, white supremacist, right-wing conspiracy theorist, or whatever they want to frame anybody with a red hat. Am I wrong on that? Like, they're the ones, if you watch any video, you watch, they're screaming at you. Yeah, you, you tear, you pieces, yeah, I'm just screaming at them. I hate you, should be. A, we, and that's not everybody. I'd be stupid to say that, but they exist. And so it's interesting how 
one side of this is about how it's you know directed hate and negative, but it just it's it's hypocritical, period. But what this gets into is the conversation of supposed chest feeding, as they're calling it. Today, a member of this staff is being subjected to anti-trans abuse online. Okay, so you mean people are saying negative things online? That happens to everybody. Welcome to the world. Because she is a mother. No, it's because she's doing things that are controversial. That's welcome to the world. You see, none of this is unique to the trans community. Ask the gay community how they've fared over the last 20 years. It's, it's interesting how this is being... Now, I'm not trying to diminish that there are people being abused. Because that is happening. And I just mean that in the general sense. That there's, whether it's a trans person or a gay person or a, a, a young kid that's today a, a young white kid that's the, the, the pariah because he thinks different things. However you want to look at this, the point is that there's always people that are being abused, that are being bullied, that are being harassed. Is that, is that okay? Well, I don't think it's okay, but it's the world, guys. That's how things work. There are mean people out there. To act like every time somebody calls you a name that you suddenly have to carry out some kind of political campaign, well, that, that's exactly the problem right now. We used to be taught things that made sense. You know, sticks and stones. Turn the other cheek, right? The things that actually realize that you're a grown person and you can make up your own mind and not let other people's words dictate what you think. But the point is, yes, it still happens. But why is this unique? Because they're making this the focal point. It's like any other topic. And again, hear me, despite they don't want to hear me, I'm not diminishing the fact that there are people that are probably all over her account, calling her all sorts of things that I would think are disgusting. And if you want to point that out and get them sent, that's, that's your prerogative. The point, though, is that that's not unique to anybody. It's welcome to the world. Now, it says love and joy and care. That's how I mother my child. And we're surrounded by loving community and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, and, you know, I guess that's the way you'd like to look at it. But I can show you endless amounts of videos from that very event where there are people screaming all sorts of things. There are all sorts of crude nudity. And, but, you know, that's how you may see it. People disagree. And we have a right to our own opinions. So bullies can't shout and insult and hate on me as much as you want. But ultimately, our love is greater than your hate. Well, what's interesting, though, is that so your, your statement is, I'm going to move past it. But then you don't. But then you harp on it and dictate and try to get people removed. And, you know, so obviously you do care about it and you do care that they have an opinion that you don't like. Now, quite frankly, guys, my opinion, I see far more hate and negativity coming from this movement than I do anywhere else. And that even applies to the people that I think are disgusting over here, screaming that there shouldn't gay people are disgusting and, and deviants and whatever else. And that includes everybody. I see far more of these people screaming at everybody else than I do of what they're pointing out. Now, that could be because social media, and I don't see the bit. Sure, I can argue that. I can consider that. But uh, that's my perception. She's saying this anti-trans hate. Now, again, you could argue it's anti-trans hate, or you could argue it's people that point out the facts, which a lot of them are. That's not okay. What you're doing is going to hurt that child. These things are not scientifically studied. Those are all facts. But, of course, those are facts that hurt people's feelings, so they're not allowed. The anti-trans hate is a distraction from the actual issue I was interviewed about. Oh, because that's what everybody cares about, right? What you're being... Hubris. The point is, cutting to the chase. In the end, I only breastfed my child for a few weeks. Then I had to stop because I had cancer relapse and I didn't want to poison my child. What an interesting statement. So it's a trans person. I guess forcing this dangerous substance down their child's mouth because... This person wants to feel more like a woman. 
And so you stop. Why? Well, because you're going to take some drugs that would then pass through your breast milk or whatever you want to call this milky discharge. That's not the same thing as I've covered in the past. Well, what's interesting that will prove to you right now that that's what's already happening. All the things which are crazy that you are putting in your body to make this fake process happen is passing to your child. So it's weird that you decide to care about some poisons, but not others. But the point is they're pointing this. Somebody says it's just too bloody ridiculous. Too far down the rabbit hole. Mika was simulating breastfeeding a baby at some point recently, according to reliable mutuals. It's not sane or healthy. So this is the crux of the point. It goes on, whatever. Lots of other things they say. This person says, if this man cared about not poisoning his baby, he wouldn't be trying to feed it drug-induced nipple discharge in the first place, which I agree with. Babies are not props for your fetish, which, by the way, you may think that's insulting. I'm going to make a point today that makes this, I don't know whether that applies to this person, but I was actually shocked to read about an aspect, aspect of this that really unnerved me, which is apparently, and on the record, scientifically, that there's a fetish about this. And that in some cases, that's what this is all about. That grossed me out. Now, does that mean all of them? No, because I'm not stupid enough to say that. I don't broad brush entire groups of people like apparently all the media does today. But it does mean that it's possible and does happen. Just like there is clearly an opening for predators to abuse all of this to get closer to children. But apparently they don't want to talk about that because that makes you anti-trans. How exactly is pointing out pedophile perverts abusing the trans community How does that make me (laughs) anti-trans? That's an interesting point to make. But anyway, it says, milk is milk. This person responds, well, yeah, milk is milk, but this isn't milk. You're just a bigot attacking a mother because of her demographic group. Of course, that is a very self-serving perspective. And then they post this link, which we'll look at. This person says, in order to get to this point, the child gets a good dose of all the synthetic hormones. And it's far more than just those hormones, by the way, the breastfeeding man has taken. And that is true. Nope, this person says, trans women's hormones are identical to the ones that any other woman would have. Absolutely false, first of all. And secondly, it doesn't take hormones, extra hormones to induce lactation. Absolutely false. Here are the facts. And guess what? Same, same link. And this person says, oh, yes, they would. Nobody's allowed to criticize trans anything, even if it damages babies, which, quite frankly, we all see happening. And I've proven to you. But guess what? I, they, I don't even think they've read this link. It's what somebody else told them was the catch-all, and I think they posted it. Here it says, yeah, I reckon if you, and this is what's interesting to me. This is a person that is supportive, it seems, based on their account, of the, the community. But it says, yeah, I reckon if you don't actually have proper, real breast milk in your breasts, you just don't try and breastfeed your baby, or any baby for that matter. That's all. Otherwise, it just looks incredibly narcissistic, selfish, weird, and actual cruel, and quite cruel. I, can, I agree with that. It's about you, not the baby. Have a beautiful day, everyone. This person says, do you think trans women are making cold brew coffee or something? Breast to breast, they make breast milk. That's, that's, that is a ridiculously stupid argument. Because it comes from the breast, therefore it is breast milk. Well, first of all, it's not even actually milk, guys. Not in the sense that we're talking about it. Not in the sense that of what we're discussing for nourishing a baby. I'll go through the data for you. It's, just, it's, it's a very self-serving perspective. The idea that you just breastfeed any baby is absolutely crazy. It's not the point he was making. Heather says, can you explain how male breasts make the same milk as female breasts? Thanks in advance. Here's what this person said. I'd be happy to. Biologically, the difference between male and female breast tissue is nothing more than a few hormones, which, by the way, that sentence is verbatim taken from the study that they're all pointing at. And that's how this works. Or technically, not even really a study. It's a kind of overview of statements from a symposium. That's all it really is. My point, though, 
is okay. So breast tissue is, a, is not that different, but different. Okay, so you're making our point for us that there's hormonal differences. Yes, that's our point. But then says biological males, and by the way, far more than just that, biological males can get breast cancer or even lactate naturally in some circumstances. That is a gross misrepresentation of the truth. Has there been random cases in the past of men lactating in extreme situations? Yes, but you, it's not what they make it out to be. In most cases, these are people that had rare, uh, like there was an example of a study about some kind of overseas example. But the person had some tumor that caused this possibility, and it just happened to be a situation where it worked out because there was no other opportunity to feed the baby. And even in that case, it was barely able to sustain. It was all about just, it, and the, the actual study, which I looked at, believe it or not, actually talks about the fact that all it really did was just allow, it gave it um, uh, hydration at bare minimum, and that allowed it to survive long enough to get some real milk. That's the truth of it. But according to Keith here, and they're all the same, and it's no different because that's what you're supposed to say. It's, it's staggering. And I will go over the, the link to that study is in this, this article I'll look at, and you guys can read it all for yourselves. And just because they can get breast cancer means, I mean, it's just, this is ridiculous. This is unscientific. Has that explained it well enough for you? Of course, they have to be condescending about it, even though they're wildly wrong. But it says, no, Keith, because mother's milk is adapted to her baby. That's a really important point that they don't want to hear. It is unique. And I'll, again, I'll go, there's a really great article I'm going to go over. The point is that when a mother begins to breastfeed, or rather when a mother has, gives birth, the process of the body from the moment that child comes out is all about a connection with the child. From, from uh, what's the term? Um, I'm just blanking on it. I, I haven't talked about this in a while, but there's a term for when the baby actually first grabs the nipple and all this different stuff. And the whole point is that it is all about the connection. And that connection that's made between the mother and the baby is very important. And then the mom's body quite literally changes. Apparently the first, I didn't know a lot of this before I researched it. The first amount of milk that comes out is a, is a like almost a yellowish color and it's full of fats and all this different stuff. That doesn't happen nowhere, anywhere on the side of the trans conversation. And then it actually changes over the next so many weeks. It adapts to different things the body might, the baby might need. I didn't know any, a lot of this stuff. None of that is happening. And even if it, and that's assuming that this is even a nutritionally value, valuable substance. It's not, man. It is alarming to me. So that's the first point, Keith or Her- Heretic says. Then it goes, its composition can change depending upon the baby's immediate nutritional needs. Yes. A man might be able to take a load of drugs, and this is the one that we're going to get into in particular. Uh, Domperidone has dangerous side effects and is banned by most places, including the United States, by the way, for the purpose they're using it. Believe that or not, and I'll prove it to you. And make something approximating to breast milk, but no studies have been conducted to show that the effect of any hormones the man might be taking and their effect on the infant, bearing in mind that nursing mothers avoid certain foods and virtually all medications in case it impacts the baby. Think about that. Oh, it's funny. 300 points out oxytocin. That's not what I was getting at, but that's funny you bring that up. I was actually just reading about the, the different chemicals. Now that they're... There's an interesting overlap between, and I'm only new to this, only newly read about this, about this overlap between, uh, so cortisol is what your body creates when you're in fight or flight. Oxytocin is more of this, uh, like the connection you feel with people, with somebody else, right? Where you feel this deep, and it happens with somebody you're in love with, it happens with friends groups where, you know, that moment where you walk into somebody's, you meet somebody for the first time and eventually you feel comfortable around them, that's, that's where that you get that. What's funny, though, is that apparently there's an overlap with that and how the body can create like an oxytocin level of fight or flight. 
Very strange. Totally unrelated. I just found that fascinating. Now, anyway, the point is that all of that, the body's processing, that's all related to that connection. Now, just because you produce some discharge and give it to the, that's none of that's happening. So the baby loses all of that. Yes, the colostrum. We'll get to that in a second. Somebody's pointing in the chat as well. You guys are well-educated on this. Now, the point is they follow up and say, wild how you've just decided there's no studies just because you haven't bothered to Google it. And here's where they post this link again. A link that is quite literally knowledge and practice of induction of lactation in trans women among professionals working in trans health. So you can read about this. All it is, we surveyed 82 respondents the majority of whom were healthcare professionals, some of which weren't, <laughs> and, admit, and they just gave their opinions on it. Great. This is the definitive study. Now, here's the point. None of this has to do with whether it's healthy, whether it actually has all the nutrients, and in fact, whether or not the hormones themselves have immediate problems, which I can prove to you they do from the FDA, from everything else you can look at. But because apparently a bunch of people that got together in the symposium that are all their their businesses quite literally depend on this entire model are the ones going, yeah, it's all good. This is the kind of thing we've been seeing. And again, I point out this very group, WPATH, seems to be the only group that's creating the standards of care that everyone's looking to, in fact. But yet the point they keep making, which I'll come back to in a second, is that three people from this very organization have screamed about sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling, including the president of the company herself, raised concerns about hasty treatment. That is quite literally from the people they're pointing at. They said everything's fine. They're the ones telling us that they're being sloppy with this treatment, which brings us to the most alarming point of this entire conversation, the whistleblower. But before we get to that, one last point on this is that, guys, there is no studies on this. There's no studies on whether this discharge is healthy, whether it has what they need. We know that it doesn't, but the point is that they don't have any research on this. They point to some s- survey from people at a symposium as the, the and they all, you'll find this link popping up in any conversation where people are going, where's the science behind it? And they post this non, this is the conversation. How is this where we are? Here's what somebody says. This is a study in quotes, so well done for trying Now tell me how this survey of people attending a conference ranks in the hierarchy of evidence. I mean, it's below the lowest level as far as I can tell, and where it supports the safety. It doesn't, guys. That's the point. Now, the the hierarchy pyramid of evidence, the lowest level, is actual expert opinion. So I guess you could argue these people that are working in these areas would – I mean, I don't know why we consider everybody who's a doctor an expert. I don't. So I argue it's not even on the pyramid. Let's talk about that this is happening, that another whistleblower has spoken up and is telling us, oh, wait, excuse me, I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. There's two main things we're going to get into. I forgot. This one is very, this, this one specifically has to do with the lactation. We're going to get into the whistleblower in a minute. I thought I was saving trans kids. Now I'm blowing the whistle. This is very important. Make sure you stay tuned for this. But let's get into this one first about the lactation. That's a really great article, by the way. I'm not familiar with this website, but every single thing in here is cited. You can look at all this, the links and, the, and all the studies for yourself, which that's all that really matters. Doesn't matter. Quite frankly, doesn't matter where it comes from. If you're being showing discernment, realizing just because it's stated doesn't mean you know it's true and that you can look at the data for yourself. But this is a great, a great compilation. Let's look at what it says. Experiment of induced lactation in trans-identifying male excerpt from Born in the Right Body. That was a, a, a discussion you can look at if you'd like to read more. 
But it says, in 2018, media outlets all over the world reported on a case study where a doctor and a nurse at a clinic in the United States, of course, used a cocktail of drugs to enable a male patient who identified as a woman to breastfeed a newborn baby. Now, if you want to read on these, you can. Here's the studies. But you'll find exactly what we're about to tell you. I've looked through both of these. These are the same study report, but on different platforms. Now, what they're talking about, and well, techno, excuse me, this one, 2018, this one's 2021. They're both the report they reference in this article. The point is that when you go through this, you'll find all the same things. They don't really care about whether or not it actually, all they, it seems to all they really care about is vindicating the need for this person to feel like a woman. And if they do so without killing the baby, it's a success. Success. Now, I don't think that's how many of them see it, but that's when we get into the whistleblower side of this, when it becomes clear that at least some of them do and don't care. He says, I could not find any evidence that the authors interviewed in the, in the first, just this 2018 study, induced lactation in transgender women. Any evidence that the authors interviewed the mother to verify their patient's claims. The point, oh, and that, that point of the whole thing was that it, it was a, a trans person that's saying, hey, my, my partner is going to, they're pregnant, but doesn't want to breastfeed. And I want to be the person to breastfeed. And that's how this started. That's it. That's all it was. And so the point is, he's saying, I couldn't find any evidence that the authors, the authors of the study even interviewed the mother to verify that that's what the patient, what they actually wanted. Or that they obtained informed consent from the mother who was actually pregnant by discussing the risks that made drug-induced... Uh, well, actually, I forgot to look this up. Let's look this up real quick. It's a strange word. It's, it's, a stand, it's the word they use for kind of lactation by either male or female, I guess. Galacteria. Galacteria. Sounds like a... Anyway. All right. Galacteria. So the point is that they, they didn't... As far as you can tell, they didn't have any indication that they even spoke to the mother to inform about drug-induced galacteria. As he says, nipple discharge unrelated to milk production during pregnancy and breastfeeding and whether or not that could pose to, uh, to the baby. The threats. He says he was a fully sexed male at the time of the study. His gender-affirming regimen included a heart medication used in this case as an androgen blocker. Like, this is one of the things, by the way, that is so alarming to me. They're using these things all over the place, off-label. You know why that should insult you more than anything? Because they screamed that you were crazy for trying something that is round-the-world proven to work, which is ivermectin. Off-label, can't do that, but that, and then 30 seconds later, they're giving children things with no long-term studies because you're a conspiracy theorist. But this, that's what they're doing everywhere. The main drug we're going to get into in this case, it's not even used for what they're using it for. It's banned in the United States for that purpose, but they're giving it, they're binding it anyway. Nobody seems to care. In this case, they're pointing at something different. This is a heart medication, but they're giving it to kids to stop their, it's a puberty blocker, spironolactone or estradiol and micronis, uh, micronized progesterone. All of these are things that are, you know, most of which are being used off-label to treat things that aren't even verifiable. He was also talking, taking occasional colazepam for panic disorders and insomnia, two different drugs for both. All of this was in his body. 
And I mean, just first of all, panic attacks, insomnia, they're not crazy over the top, but it does indicate mental issues. At the initial appointment, the patient had uh, an abnormal enlargement of the man's breasts, usually due to a hormonal imbalance and a result of hormone therapy. There's the word for it right there. It's always crazy word. The point is that that indicates that he was already dealing with an issue due to the hormones they were giving him for his transgendered transitioning which was likely a side effect of the drugs and cross-sex hormones he was taking, obviously. So there you go. Right before it even starts, this guy is a swimming petri dish of all sorts of different hormones and chemicals that are not natural to his body. His serum testosterone level on initial examination is unclear because two marketedly different values were given that never seems to be rectified. The authors reported no further testosterone data, which indicates that they did not even measure the patient's testosterone level at any other point in the study. And then we don't even know which one was actually correct. He argues here that it's the higher one for many different reasons. I'll let him explain it. He goes, in order to make sense of this glaring inconsistency, I looked into account, I took into account the evidence that three quarters of trans-identified men on this drug, or both drugs, failed to reach testosterone levels within the female range. So just so it's clear, even the ones doing what they claim is the success don't even actually reach the most of them, the levels of what normal women have. That's success today, along with being sterile. You know, I concluded that the higher figure is likely to be correct and that this patient's testosterone was not adequately suppressed despite the authors emphasizing that androgen blockade was an important part of the prescri- pres- prescribed regimen. So not only do you have all these other things in your body, but you have a, a artificially produced testosterone at levels that should not be, that if you're breastfeeding, should not be involved with process, which then have very clear possible side effects. One of which is the cascading explosion of more gender dysphoria. As we've talked about with Peter, Dr. Peter McCullough, right? If, if they're finding ways for this hormonal process to recircle back into the children you're giving them these huge levels of hormones at a time and i mean i'll I'll get into more of the data behind this i'm just speaking off the cuff right now but that's causing or can lead to more hormonal problems and then yet then you've got another kid that grows up all confused about their gender that's and we've we've already uh, i'll include these actually this one and the other one it's important to understand what these things are this is the one I just mentioned with Dr. Peter McCullough, where we discussed this endocrine disrupting chemicals, gender dysphoria, and the injection, which is part of it. But just in a general sense, discussing the idea that, you know, are endocrine disrupting chemicals, EDCs, causing gender dysphoria? According to the peer reviewed science, yes. Does that mean everybody dealing with it is because of that? I don't know. But yes, they can, beyond question. I mean, for crying out loud, it's called endocrine disrupting chemicals. Your endocrine system is talking about hormones. So if you're, if you're overloaded with chemicals, not even getting into the hormone side of it, they're causing an effect on your hormonal system, right? So the point is that this is all, all part of it. So this explosion since 2015 of gender dysphoria, or rather what they just now skip past and call it all transgender, in, on top of all of that, that then is beginning to bleed. You know, it's causing more and more of it. Let's put it that way. The more they, the more they put, they pump these hormones through, and then now even trying to get them, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of ways this works. And the point is that everything they're doing seems to just be ca- cascading the problem. It says down here, we already know that elevated testosterone in pregnant women inhibits breastfeeding. So the point being is that if you're trying to breastfeed a baby, 
that it will inhibit the process because that's not it's so that's part of what's happening. Then the baby doesn't eat as much as it should, and that then leads to other problems. And it exposes fetuses to an, a hyperandrogenic environment in the womb. This can cause a variety of medical complications in girls, such as polycystic ovaries, insulin resistance, and congenital adrenal hyperplasia, hyperplasia, as well as an increased likelihood of gender de- non-conforming behavior. There you go. So all the, te- the high levels of testosterone are then in, in themselves leading to more gender dysphoria. Considering that, currently, gender nonconformance increases the likelihood of a child being diagnosed as transgender, that this frequently results in pediatric gender reassignment, despite the fact that the studies show you most of them will outgrow that. And on top of that, that we right now can show you, and I'll show you more in a minute, that the leading group are the ones telling us these kids are being giving sloppy treatment when many of them just need counseling. That's what they're telling us. And that the effects of elevated breast milk testosterone on newborns of both sexes are not known. There are serious ethical issues here. This is the truth, guys. The same thing with all the rest of it. There are no long-term studies. They don't know and just don't seem to care. But they cared about you as long as you've got that negative injection, right? So they didn't really care about you. It says, including with the decision by clinicians to enable a man whose testosterone suppression isn't adequately demonstrated to breastfeed a potentially female infant. This brings him to the other glaring omission in the report. While the authors consistently refer to their trans-identified male patient as she, they never state the sex of the infant involved in the experiment, which just continues to show you it has nothing to do with the safety of the child. It's about confirming the identity of this person at the expense of everything, apparently. That is nothing but nar- not, I mean, that's, if, if, it's, it's narcissistic. It's disgusting. In addition to my concern, I mean, the whole point is it should be about everything at the expense of keeping that child safe, but not today. In addition to my concerns about high levels of testosterone in breast milk, this male patient is also reported to have used uh, domperidone to stimulate galactoria. Is that what, is that what I said? Did I say it right? <laughs> galactoria. Damperidone. Domperidone. Sounds like a champagne. Is banned in the U.S. That's not a joke. That's, it's right now. And I'll read you the FDA statement about it. It's banned. And is only used off-label intentionally to induce lactation in women. Now, we're not talking about the trans conversation. We're talking about situations where it's necessary for women in in, in rare circumstances. Domperidone is sometimes used to treat reflux, but it has been discontinued for use in children under 12, except right now that's not happening, due to potential cardiac side effects. That's real. Yet another example of children having heart attacks, you're literally giving them more things that can increase their risk of heart attack. I can't even believe that. When domperidone is given off license to stimulate lactation, it requires ensuring that the mother and the infant don't have any contraindications to the the treatment. There is no evidence that the authors did any of that. There's also no evidence that the patient stopped using colazepam, you know, a, 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 like a, like a Xanax kind of a thing, a drug that can cause serious sedation in infants or Zolpidem, also known as Ambien which could exacerbate the effects of the clozapan prior to commencement of, bre- of so-called breastfeeding. Right, so you're already riddled with all sorts of drugs that will pass to this, this infant. Then you are adding all sorts of other problematic things. Now, just wait till we look at what the FDA has to say about this drug. It says, when we talk about the safety of medicines and breastfeeding, we weigh the benefit of mother's milk to the health of the child. Of a of and of bonding between the mother and the baby, 
against the risks of discontinuing the medication. So let's just say you've got a medication you really need to make sure you stay alive. The point would be like, well, you know, the point is, historically, they recognize how important this is. The bonding of the mother and the child and all this, and they, but that is so important. But you know, if you're going to die, well, then you have to find the. Re- that's they don't care about these things today. They're in fact they're ignoring all of these classical held beliefs because, well, you want to believe you're a woman. If it is at all possible and medically justified, mothers who take medications that could be passed to their babies via breast milk often decide or are advised not to breastfeed in order to avoid adversely affecting their baby's health. Except now, doesn't matter, right? How do you make sense of that? Where are all the doctors that are 30 seconds ago were going, well, you got to take your top medications. Are you gonna... Now you're giving them 14 medications to make sure they can breastfeed them. How does that make sense? Obviously 14, I'm being facetious, but think about how crazy that is. Contrast this with a man taking unnecessary medications to induce galacteria, breastfeeding, chest feeding, whatever they want to call it, so he can fill his desire to breastfeed. Now this is the part that really unnerved me, guys. He says psychosexual disorders such as autogynophilia are present in the proportion of men who identify as women. Now, that's just a scientific fact. Yeah, I I did look into this. And a breastfeeding fetish can be a feature of that condition. Look it up for yourself. As this excerpt from a news article written by one such man illustrates. This is a trans person in 2017 speaking about this. Here's what he says. Breastfeeding is freaky. Not the sucking bit. You're reading The Stranger, so odds are you had a titty suck at some point in your life. Excuse the crudity. No, it's because when my baby attached to my breast, there was an incredible chemical cascade that ran through my entire body like lightning. Imagine the most electric thing a partner has ever done to you, then multiply it by 10. I could feel my brain rewiring, creating pathways that would permanently connect me to my child. And yeah, I kind of got off on it. Don't judge. Well, you're damn right we're going to judge. That made my skin crawl. How in the world are you even going to have a conversation about connecting with your child in the same context as sexual pleasure or turn or getting a, getting off on it. Seriously. So that means there's a very blurry line between your getting off on what's happening and your caring for this child. That's wrong guys. Now I am not saying that's everybody in this community. I'm simply saying that that is wrong. And it's also gross and disgusting to think about that even being part of this. And all of that at the expense of the child, not for its benefit. It should be said that there is some historical evidence, and this is what I was talking about before, of men occasionally breastfeeding babies in situations where breast milk or other adequate nourishment was not available. I think I already went over this, such as long sea voyages and the death of a a baby's mother. The men would have medical conditions that abnormally elevated their level, their prolactin levels. And that's why it was even possible. It wasn't just by necessity, right? As, as, as such as pituitary, tu- pituitary, pituitary tumors and would have resorted to a desperate attempt to keep the baby alive. Yeah, and that's what it says. One, it's basically saying that it, it's thought that it helped in the study that goes over this long voyage. It says the study right there. It says that it was thought that it helped them basically to survive by simply maintaining hydration. And that was it. Not in the studies, according to the study, an adequate substitute for actual breast milk. But, of course, they just ignore all that when they want to scream at you about how you're a bigot. In the wake of this study, numerous attempts were made. And we're still referencing the 2018 study. Numerous attempts were made to equate drug-induced galac- galacteria in men 
with the natural breast milk a mother produces after giving birth. This ideological narrative has gone so far that we have witnessed systematic replacement of the words breast milk and breastfeeding with phrases like chest milk and chest feeding in an attempt to normalize this practice. However, the research on the composition of male nipple discharge is very scarce. And the research into its effects of this type of fluid on infants, it's literally non-existent. Non-existent. So don't take ivermectin, but we have no idea what this is about, but we're going to tell you you have to do it. I mean, how do you make sense of that unless you realize they're lying to you about everything and they really don't care about you? More importantly, unlike mother's milk, Male nipple discharge hasn't occurred as a consequence of growing a baby inside his body, and it is in no way tailored to the individual child like the person was saying a moment ago, or any child for that matter. So you're missing out on all of these other very, very necessary, important, and positive overlaps. Breast milk is the unique nourishment lactating mothers produce in order to sustain their own babies and protect them from disease in the weeks and months after birth. When the infant immune system is still not fully developed. First milk is called colostrum, first four days, which is a thick yellowish fluid full of fat, vitamins, and particularly rich in antibodies. Colostrum changes to a more calorific, I think calcium, traditional milk four days to two weeks after, which is high in fat and vitamins, and after that it becomes mature milk, which is 90% water. You get none of that. Now, you should add the point that you know, there are such things in the history as, you know, wet nurses, right? Now, you could argue that you do even then lose some of that connection and some of the overlap that the mother's body might have been able to align with them. But the point is the way the body works with women that can, the idea is that the reason these women would suddenly start to lactate is because they're, they would be around a baby and their body would react. It's the same thing. The body is then at least trying to align with whatever this is. You can look up the science on this. So that's not happening with a man producing some discharge that isn't milk. Maternal antibodies are first passed via the placenta to the baby during the last three months of the pregnancy. And after the baby is born, he or she continues to receive antibodies through breast milk. So you're missing out on this continuation of what was already happening. As mother and baby share both the genetic and the environment, the genetics and the environment, these antibodies are customized by the mother's body to offer an individually tailored passive immunity and protection from the pathogens the baby is most likely to encounter. So not only are you missing out on this important antibodies, but ultimately this child will be weaker in general. Based on what we've seen, compare, I mean, look, this is why when you compare unvaxxed to vaxxed in general, you see a very obvious difference. Now, it's a different topic. My point, though, is that you can see how there's these natural processes versus things that aren't. And ultimately, it's very clear if you compare, and there has been studies, formula to breast milk. It is unbelievable. But of course, everybody, that those you're not supposed to look at that. Therefore, it says he found it strange. Make sure to miss that. Yeah. He finds it strange this study made no attempt to analyze the composition. You know, the study, they're all screaming is what, yeah, they didn't even try to find out if it was safe or if it was nutritional. How does that make sense? They didn't even try to find out the composition of their male patient's drug-induced nipple discharge, considering that they talked at length about the benefits of breastfeeding a mother on baby, none of which were applicable to their male patient or indeed the infant he allegedly fed. Be that as it may, He writes, as a consequence of the cocktail of drugs and breast pump, this patient started to, quote, lactate eventually, producing eight ounces of nipple discharge daily. 
two weeks prior to the birth of the baby. Although we have no further details of the volume, the study claims that whatever fluid was produced, it was the sole source of the baby's nourishment for six weeks. Frankly, that's impossible. After this time, the patient reportedly started to supplement with four to eight ounces of, of baby formula. So all of that just immediately transitioned to formula. That, that screams it didn't actually work to me, quite frankly. On top of that, that that is not... It shows you that all you're doing is creating a circumstance where this child is less protected, less healthy. The authors gave no indication they observed this alleged breastfeeding. So that's, he, he thinks the same. The point is, for all we know, this didn't even happen. Or they met the mother or the infant. So again, we don't even know if the mother was involved or wanted this to happen. They did state that, quote, the child's pediatrician reported that the child's growth, feeding, and bowel habits were developmentally appropriate. Well, okay. Is that what we're looking for? It's appropriate. They're not dead. Cool. That, to me, sounds like a doctor that doesn't want to get attacked. Just obviously, that's my personal opinion. But developmentally appropriate? I mean, if this whole study was about finding out, again, that's the point, though, right? The study wasn't about finding out about the child in any fashion, whether it was safe, whether it helped them, whether it was long-term. Nope, it was about, did this person feel like a woman? They offered no corroborating evidence at all that that was appropriate. Considering that a five-pound baby needs about 12 ounces of breast milk or formula a day, and more as a baby's weight increases, which I guarantee you the study would have known, so they must know they're lying, it is extremely unlikely that an infant would survive for six weeks on eight ounces alone. Furthermore, mothers who are unable to breastfeed know only too well how important it is to use adequate amounts of baby formula. Failing to do so can result in serious harm to the baby. He says he has no evidence the baby who was allegedly subject to this experiment was harmed in any way. However, there are so many omissions unknowns and missing data that he can't help but ask why was a trans-identified man held to a drastically different standard of infant care than actual mothers. That this experiment was conducted by a transgender clinic, which neither had license nor expertise to oversee the breastfeeding of a newborn, only adds to his concerns regarding ethics, safety, and bias in the study. Did you hear that? In what world do we think it would be allowed that a random clinic is just going to be like, let's just do this. We have no license or expertise to make this happen, but we're going to do it because we're the transgender people. Think about how crazy that is. Right? So you have another group over here that decides to do some other thing. Let's say it's a right-wing thing. Well, no, that wouldn't be. The point is it's obviously ridiculous that we're going to pretend that that's legal, justified. It's the same as saying suddenly we're okay to allow multiple chemicals to pass this baby so you can feel better, even though we 30 seconds ago said the opposite. How is it okay for them to act in this regard? Why is it being allowed? You can answer that question. It is, in my opinion, he writes, that after that constituting exciting new research, is how they framed it, this study is fraught with incomplete and misleading information, disingenuous analysis, and undeclared conflicts of interest. that, That it was also reported is as fact in the media, still to this day, by the way, without any meaningful challenge from the mainstream medical community, makes this person wonder if transgender research has lost sight of the bigger picture and has come to prioritize the emotional needs of trans-identified males over the welfare of women and children. (laughs) It's a fair question, man. I mean, it it is very concerning where this all seems to be going. Now, you can look at these... Oops, I don't make sure... Oh, I haven't saved anyway, but you can look at these studies. Make sure you look through them. 
look for yourself. Here's the one in 2021 as well. Oh, actually, I forgot that he did. Um, there was more beneath this. He went on to follow up on another study that came out after he posted this, a new study titled Lactation-Induced in Transgender Women, 2023. He says, of the following problems still persist. So he just goes through it. It's like everything of the same stuff. the same. They just keep pumping out the same fraught with conflict studies. No evidence of maternal consent. No mention of the sex of the baby. Referring to, I mean, it's everything. Literally the same stuff. They didn't, it's, it's basically, did this person feel like a woman? Another study, they point out, in 2021. All the same stuff. You can read these for yourself. That's weird. Now here, guys, is what the FDA has to say. You know, the same FDA that we're all supposed to listen to when it comes to COVID stuff, but apparently this doesn't apply. How does that possibly make sense? FDA talk paper. FDA warns against women using unapproved drug, Domperidone, to increase milk production. Yeah, 2004, last updated 2016, nothing new has happened, according to the FDA. I'm willing to bet you very soon we're going to see some new guidance that's going to make it sound like everything's okay, because that's what happens from this group. But look at what they're saying here, and none of this has changed. I can prove it, which I have, and I will with the studies and the information we have. In response to reports that women may be using an unapproved drug, Domperidone, to increase milk production, The FDA is warning breastfeeding women not to use this product because of safety concerns. Wow. It's it's almost like you'd imagine that they would stand up right now and go, stop. You're all doing exactly what we said you're not supposed. No, none of them care. Not the CDC, not the FDA. How do you possibly explain that? Let's continue. The agency also is issuing an import alert which alerts FDA field personnel to be on lookout for attempts to even import this drug (laughs) so that it can be detained and refused admission, if appropriate. Although Domperidone is approved in several countries outside the United States to treat certain gastric disorders, not even remotely what they're using it for, it is not approved in any country in the world, including the United States, for what they're using it for, enhancing breast milk production. Now, like we said, there's off-label that it has been used for, but not approved anywhere. It's also not approved in the U.S. for any indication at all, for any reason. So they're breaking the law, and nobody cares. There have been several published reports and case studies of cardiac arrhythmias, cardiac arrest, sudden death. Of course, they really want you to think it's super rare, like every other case, but doesn't seem like it to me. Note that the drug is excreted in breast milk that could expose a breastfeeding infant to unknown risks pretty simple so you're literally not you have all everything else that's already in your body hormones whatever else but now you are increasing the risk of all sorts of things heart problems immune issues it's crazy it says because of the possibility of serious adverse effects fda recommends that breastfeeding women not use this drug the fda recognizes the immense health benefits that breast milk provides for a nursing infant and it's taking these actions today not to discourage women from breastfeeding, but rather to warn them not to use this particular drug. But of course, when they say the immense health benefits, that doesn't apply to this milky discharge coming out of men's bodies. But of course, today, I promise you the FDA would never say that because the agenda is more important. Well, here is the lactation network. Let's, let's see how they counter all that information, right? Somewhere in here, they must talk about how safe it is, right? Let's see, it says here, Chest feeding, a term for those nourishing without breasts, which I don't even know how that makes sense. How exactly do you even create the milk discharge if you don't have the breast? I mean, whatever. The point is that they're doing it. 
but you can look through this for yourself, guys. Oh, guess that's it. Where, where can I find inclusive breastfeeding communities? Where can I breastfeed my partner? Where can it's me, 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 me. I'm a woman, me. Where's the, where's it? What about the child? Is this not the lactation network? What, what are we talking about here? Here's what it says down here. The composition of the milk produced by inducing lactation is comparable to the milk after birth. That's ridiculously untrue. I mean, think about what they just said regard to the, the colostrum, the yellowish. That's not even, I mean, they'll tell you that. And even then, they're forcing out a small amount that's not even enough. And they're, they have the goal as lactation networks to stand up and say it's comparable to the wildly beneficial, antibody-rich, fat-rich. I mean, seriously? Comparable is the best they can do after birth. Lies. Milk produced through induced lactation rarely contain any artificial hormones. That's straight up false. I mean, I literally just showed you the FDA's post. And when it does, these hormones are not dangerous levels. That's completely false. How do we, I mean, how is it possible we're in a position where these leading groups are posting blatantly false information that we can prove pointing at the same experts they tell us to listen to, and yet we're all still conspiracy theorists? The most common artificial hormones used to induce lactation are estrogen and, and protesterone, which are naturally present during pregnancy. No, they are lying to you about all of this. When we can prove to you right after this very moment, what they're doing predominantly is the very drug that we just pointed at. That's what's happening. And it is not something that's natural. Here is what Wikipedia says about it. It's ra it raises the level of prolactin in the human body and, it in and is used to induce promote breast milk production. Oh, isn't that great? So, because Wikipedia just toes the line of whatever the narrative is today, apparently they don't have any mention. Okay, wh where's where the FDA says it's not supposed to be used, unapproved? None of that's in there. Think about how ridiculous that is. Great job, Wikipedia. We know what Wikipedia is actually about, guys. That's crazy to me. Use it. It's safe. That's me. Now, they do have a lot of points about the possible risks, but realize that they just kind of skip right over that in the beginning. Side effects of Domperidone include headache, dry mouth, abdominal cramps, diarrhea, elevated prolactin levels, secondary to increased prolactin levels, breast changes, milk outflow, menstrual irregularities, hypogonadism can occur. Sure, that sounds all great to get in your child's body when they're developing, right? Guess who developed it? Johnson & Johnson. It is not approved for use in the United States. Here. <clears throat> Pardon me. The Daily Mail puts out an article in 2022. Newborn babies could be harmed by woke NHS-backed guidance, which states trans women can breastfeed by taking powerful drug. All right, so this is my point. This is the same conversation. And it's right up to this moment. But ask yourself why the Lactation Network and Wikipedia and everybody else chooses not to see that. Here's what it says. <clears throat> Pardon me. It says, newborn babies could be harmed by woke NHS-backed guidance that states trans women can breastfeed, according to other experts. But the procedure, which involves taking this drug, Domperidone, has been mired in controversy. It is effectively banned in the U.S. because of its side effects. Domperidone carries a risk of giving a baby an irregular heartbeat. Like, even if it's a small risk, it's amazing that, that at what point do we re start acting like making this man feel like a woman was more important than the risks to the child? That's what we're talking about. It doesn't matter if it's a 0.01 risk. You are literally deciding to increase the child's risk for your benefit. There's no way around that. 
Experts told Mail Online how scientists have no idea about the implications. You know why? Because there are no long-term studies. It's not even approved what they're using it for. And we're crazy. It says, current advice states doctors can prescribe Domperidone, or whatever the brand name is, to increase milk supply, but only if other things have not worked. That's off-label. And the point is that there, in most cases, there, like in this case, for instance, the woman was having the baby and just didn't want to. Well, by that definition, they wouldn't be allowed to use it. It is because it passes into breast milk in small amounts. Guys, that's not up for debate. This is what's so frustrating is that they keep dismissing this. When the trans community posts things on Twitter, it becomes it's safe and effective and there's no side effects and everything works. And it's the same thing. None of that's true. There is also some evidence that can give a baby a regular heartbeat. For this reason, the U.S. chiefs have never approved the drug. I'm sure that's not why. They don't seem to care about anything else. But it says the FDA American medical regulator says other serious risks include cardiac arrest, even sudden death. Fantastic. But the drug continues to be used by trans people in the United States who import it from overseas. I mean, this is the craziest part. This has been going on for years. And it's a mainstream conversation. You've got entire outlets writing stories about how happy they are. The Guardian and other people going, hey, hooray, women, men can breastfeed. And they all just gloss right over the fact that they're breaking the law to do so. That's called the political agenda. And it goes beyond the two-party paradigm, guys. It said, however, clinicians can prescribe Domperidone off-label. This means it can be given to patients outside the normal use, but doctors can be held responsible for its negative effects. Hardly. That never happens anymore. Professor Jenny Gamble, of course, unless they're using alternative treatments that actually help people. Professor Jenny Gamble, an expert in midwifery at uh, Coventry University, said, quote, they are unlikely to produce enough of any fluid to sustain a newborn. And we really have no idea about the implications. That's the expert, the actual expert on the topic or many, all of them. And the, we read directly from the actual experts they're citing. And it says the same thing. Health experts have also expressed concern over the NHS telling people to keep taking hormones, transitioning drugs like testosterone while chest feeding. But we just went over that. So in one way, what you're doing is is continuing to create more potential gender dysphoria. Maybe that's the point. Despite admitting, quote, it is unclear what effects this could have on your baby. So the NHS, on their own guidance, says, well, we don't know what it'll do. But, you know, it's most important that you feel like a woman. How is this where we are? Writing online about her experience, she claimed she was able to produce, quote, about a tablespoon or so per pump or feed, which is plenty to feed a newborn. That's what they actually said. So they're all lying about this, guys. They're all pretending this is working as far as we can tell. And that is not enough. I think that's quite obvious. While, it's, while it is possible for male breast tissue to produce something, what exactly that is, how it may be or may not resemble breast milk and whether this is healthy for the individual person or the baby are all unknowns and have never been studied. According to Dr. Fotini Kakluis, a literal breastfeeding expert from the University of Western Australia. How long have we been saying this? We talked about this back in 2017, I think. It's wrong. In every possible way, and they don't even know if it's safe let alone if it even has nutritional value. And I think we know that it doesn't. Which brings us to one of the hardest things to get into. 
I thought I was saving trans kids. She writes, now I'm blowing the whistle. Now, this is this is a conversation that is difficult. And I, I'm going to read most of this, quite frankly, because it is it's important that we understand this. February 9th, this was out, February 9th, 2023. She says, I'm a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman, and politically to the left of Bernie Sanders, just so people understand, this is a left person who still supports the idea of some transgender directional treatment, but is speaking out about exactly what we are. She says, her worldview is deeply shaped by her career. I have spent my professional life, she says, providing counseling to vulnerable populations, children in foster care, sexual minorities, the poor. For almost four years, she says she worked at the Washington University School of Medicine Division for Infectious Diseases with teens and young adults who were HIV positive. Many of them were trans or otherwise gender nonconforming, and I could relate, she says. Throughout childhood and adolescence, I did a lot of gender questioning myself. She says, I'm now married to a trans man. And together we are raising my two biological children from a previous marriage and three foster children we hope to adopt. All that led her to a job in 2018 as a case manager at the Washington University Transgender Center for St. Louis Children's Hospital, which had been established the year earlier. The center's working assumption was that the earlier you treat kids with gender dysphoria, the more anguish you can prevent. Now, yes, I guarantee some of them actually believe that. The idea, though, is the younger you give them these puberty blockers, the more damage you're causing. Lasting, sterility, being for, st- sterile, for no, you know, non-infertility. They're open about this right now, at least on some conversations. Most kids don't know this. Despite what she writes in this article, I've proven that there's plenty of kids that will, they've never even heard this conversation as they're on puberty blockers. This premise was shared by the center's doctors and therapists. Given their expertise... At the time, she says she assumed, assumed that abundant evidence backed by this consensus. That is one of the biggest things that happens today, right? The idea that people, they go, well, they're experts. They must have information. And then the person they're pointing at themselves are going, well, the CDC said they must have information. I think we're becoming, clear, becoming aware of how clearly that is a false assumption. Could be. But look at what happened with COVID. How many times they got caught lying. And this situation, what she's about to tell you, these people's, these, the consent, it was not backed by evidence. It was backed by personal gain. It was backed by, I'll, I mean, I'll let you decide for yourself the way she describes it. She says around a thousand distressed young people came through their doors. The majority of them received hormone prescriptions that ha- can have life-altering consequences, including sterility, being sterile. Most of them have got, they got this. She said she left the clinic in November of last year because she could no longer participate in what was happening there. By the time she departed, she was certain that the way the American medical system is treating these patients is the opposite of the promise they make to them to do no harm. Instead, she says, we are permanently harming vulnerable patients in our care. Today, she says she's speaking out. She says, I'm doing so knowing how toxic the public conversation is around this highly contentious issue and the ways that my testimony might be misused. Now, here's the point. Some people out there will argue that's what I'm doing. I'm not. I'm literally arguing exactly what she is, maybe with the difference that I don't think that there's this should be happening at all. But I do op- leave open the possibility that people, adults, have the right to make their own choices. But at the same, so essentially we align other than I just disagree that there, some people would need this, but I can, they can make their own choices. And if they do and she's there, okay. So it's the same point, really. 
But what's interesting is that there are people who might actually misuse this and misframe this in order to hide the real point of the conversation. And that's how the two-party paradigm works. But what's interesting is regardless of the fact that I'm just going exactly what she's saying, somebody's going to argue I'm misusing this. I'm, she says she's doing so knowing that putting their safe in putting that I am putting myself at serious personal professional risk. Of course she is. Do you know for whom? The LGBTQ community. Almost everyone in her life advised her to keep her head down. Think about that. She's telling them this is horrible. What's happening is hurting these kids. And her own community is going, just be quiet. Don't say anything. That's crazy. She says, but I cannot in good conscience do so. Because what is happening to scores of children is far more important than my comfort. And what is happening to them is morally and medically appalling. She says, soon after her arrival at the transgender center, she was struck by the lack of formal protocols for treatment. The center's physician, co-directors, were essentially the sole authority. Until 2015 or so, a very small number of these boys comprised the population of pediatric gender dysphoria cases. And what they're saying is interesting. Apparently, when the, in the beginning of this, 2015, which again, we saw the explosion after that. I think I've got it right here. Well, even 2015 is when we really saw like the explosion. Like it went from very little to a lot more, and then then it's just been even more so since then. Actually, this is the treatments. Just the identification of transgender just exploded since 2015. But it says basically that most of what they saw back then, by and large, was a boy, quite often very young, who just wanted to present as a girl. But weirdly, in 2015, that suddenly changed. Across Then, she says, across the Western world, there suddenly, which is not usually organic, began to be a dramatic increase in a new population. Teenage girls, many with no previous history of gender distress, suddenly declared that they were transgender and demanded immediate treatment with testosterone. Now, where do they even get this information from? That's what we're all talking about when it comes to the teachers and the flow of information being directed at children in one part of this. Then we get into how dangerous those things that they're giving them actually are. And that's one thing she's speaking out about. But it says, when I started, there were probably 10 such calls a month. When she left, there were 50. That's a five-time increase in a couple of years. <clears throat> and she says, and about 70% of the new patients were girls. How do you go from being mostly young boys to suddenly vast majority being teenage girls? Because they are being propagandized. In most cases, in my opinion, sometimes clusters of girls arriving from the same high school. How do you not see what that is? Clusters of girls. This is social engineering. These people are in cliques and groups that think this is the sudden thing to do. I feel like it too. Let's all go get our tongues pierced together. That's what this was when I was growing up, right? Now, let's all get trans surgeries. Like, this is crazy. And the evidence is right there in front of us. At the very least, there's no evidence on the side of them what they're arguing. It's all just narrative and standards of care by people that are provably wrong. Anyone who raised doubts ran the risk of being called a transphobe. How is that how this is? You're in a medical facility. And you can't raise doubts about processes without being called transphobic? This is well past the point of no return. This is in a medical facility. 
The girls who came to us had many comorbidities. <clears throat> this is one of the most important parts to me. The vast majority of people they're dealing with are riddled with problems, autism, depression, anxiety, ADHD. Uh, 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 many of them were schizophrenic. So as she, as she lists off depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity. Many were diagnosed with autism or had autism-like symptoms. A report last year on a British pediatric transgender center found that about one-third of their patients referred were actually autistic. So does that mean they were just autistic and you rammed them through this process? That's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people, even like I said, even from this community saying they're being sloppy with this, you'll hear it in this article itself, or the fact that, how about, were they just lesbians? Is there a woman that just actually is a lesbian? that gets told they're transgendered and needs to become a man. That's also part of this. There's a whole movement of lesbians speaking up going, you're just you're literally like, think about the conversation of them saying you're, we have a right to exist. Okay. Well, what about the lesbian community and the transgender the transgender community has no room in the, there's no oxygen in the room for the lesbian community. Every time it comes up, they act like the lesbians are transphobic. And then of course the government and the media just pretends like that's not happening because that ruins their agenda. Doesn't it? Frequently, our patients declared that they had disorders that no one believed they had. We had patients who said they had Tourette syndrome, but they didn't. They, had, they, they thought they had tick disorders, but they actually didn't. They thought they had multiple personalities, but they actually didn't. These are people that they're funneling through surgery. These people are, these people, not maybe not everybody, that can be up to you to decide, but these people are mentally disturbed. They have all sorts of things they think they have, but they don't. So couldn't you argue they think they have trans dysphoria, but they don't? Apparently that logic was lost on these people. The doctors privately recognize these false self-diagnoses as a manifestation of social contagion. They even acknowledge that suicide has an element of social contagion. That's, there's, a, there's a whole documentary on that. Uh, but there, you, there's even examples in history of like a surge of suicide that happens from sort of like teenagers. and their, I mean, it's, it's a really, actually interesting enough, there was that weird Netflix movie that came out a while ago. And after that, there was this weird surge of like of suicide. The point is there is an element of it. But when she raised that exact point about the cluster of girls coming in for trans surgeries or treatments and at, uh, into our service and it looked as if the gender issues might be a manifestation of social contagion, the doctors said gender identity reflected something innate. Oh, thanks, doctor. Well, for, uh, maybe you can think that, but how do you know that's what they think? That is a bad person, in my opinion. And that, she makes that more clear when you get into what happens. These doctors were just like, just money, I would, I would argue. More people, keep it going. No, 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 it's not social contagion, because this is real. <laughs> well, how do you know that? These people think they've got Tourette's, and they don't. How do you know that? I mean, the point is that this was a self-serving conclusion. To begin transitioning, the girls needed a letter of support from a therapist, usually one that they recommended. You know how that works. Who they had to see only once or twice to get a green light. To make it more efficient for the therapist, they even offered them a template on how to make this happen. That's not how this is supposed to work. The next stop was a single visit to get testosterone. That's all it took. And from that point forward, guys, that is a lifelong process. When a female takes testosterone, the profound and permanent effects of the hormone can be seen in a matter of months. Voices drop, beards sprout, body fats redistributed. 
sexual interest explodes, aggression increases, and mood can be unpredictable. Our patients were told about some side effects, including sterility. That's my point, though, is that I'm actually surprised to see that. I, I would question whether everybody else was actually telling these people that. She might have been, but I don't know that for sure. But I can prove to you, which I have already, that it's not being told to most everybody that I can engage with. Go on Twitter right now and ask, do, you, does pu- do puberty blockers make you infertile? You'll be called a transphobe. Fake news, they'll call it. It's real. It's, it's, uh, their own experts are the ones telling you that it's real. In fact, I might even have that video from the last show I did. Let me see. I'm pretty sure. Yep, it's right here. Thanks to Josh Walkos for pointing this out. And the other issue that's a showstopper now for many parents around giving consent to puberty blockers is the fertility issue. That if the child goes straight from puberty blockers directly to cross-sex hormones, they, at this point in history, are pretty much forfeiting uh, their fertility, and so they will not have a genetically related child. And there's a lot of parents who have dreams of becoming grandparents, and it's very hard for them to uh, not imagine those genetically related grandchildren. And so we have to work with parents about these aren't your dreams. We have to focus on your child's dreams and what it is they what they want. And what I will say, wow. I can't even, you know, it really just blows me away that we're just skipping right over the fact that we're just like casually accepting that you're, you're making kids sterile because of something they decide that they are before they're even grown up. And, and then going, well, but, but parents don't be, don't be a transphobe. It's their choice. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sinister to me. Not at every level. I don't know whether those those people sitting there are aware that they're doing, they just believe, they've been convinced by the agenda. Because that always happens, right? There are people that think Antifa is fighting fascism. There are people that think that Black Lives Matter is fighting for equality. They all, they all, there are people that get lost in these movements and believe what the narrative is. But the reason I say sinister is because somewhere up there, there are people that are well aware of what's happening and don't care or make, are, are making that happen. But it says, but after working at the center, she came to believe that teenagers are simply not capable of fully grasping what it means to make the decision to become infertile while still a minor. How is that even on the table? You're, I mean, this is my point. It's literally, going, well, are you willing to give up your ability to have children? And then meanwhile, people are going depopulation or how they're trying to reduce that in real fake news. This is, this is eugenics. That, that's what this is. This is a eugenics campaign in one part of this that seemed to be directed, and she even makes that argument. Let's continue. Under side effects, it says, many encounters with patients emphasized to me how little these young people understood the profound impacts changing gender would have on their bodies and minds because they can't wrap their mind around it. They're children. It goes on to say, but the study, or excuse me, but the center downplayed the negative consequences and emphasized the need for transition. Of course, because that's their business model. As the center's website said, quote, left untreated, gender dysphoria has any number of consequences. I guess the the assumption. At first, the assumption that they have gender dysphoria, which as far as I can tell, is just a matter of of, of metrics. Do you feel this? Do you have you done that? Then there you go. (laughs) That's not even definitive. That's not even scientific. That's like, that's the same thing they do for children ADHD. 
Are you loud? Or do you, are you hyperactive? Give them medication. Most cases, they're just children, guys. They're just children that want to have fun. The point, though, left untreated gender dysphoria has any number of consequences. Well, do you know they have it? And what are those consequences? Outgrowing it? The argument is, well, because we can see a high increase of trans suicide, that is because of this. Well, that's your opinion. That's a completely, that is a jump to that. It could be because of any number of things. Maybe because they've got mental issues. Maybe because they're mostly autistic. Maybe because they, they've abused when they grew up. Maybe because they were molested. Those all happen and are involved in this conversation. But according to them, we can't allow them to be at this moment where they're still trying to understand their body because then they might eventually be suicidal. Well, you know what guarantees that? For infertility. Pain every day. Massive ongoing infections. Bone problems. Depression. Strokes, all of which can happen because of puberty blockers and hormone treatments. That's all not even talking about whether they're even happy about it. But according to him, if we don't do this, they might kill themselves. But when you take away the gender dysphoria by allowing a child to be who he or she is, again, complete assumption, we're noticing that goes away. (laughs) Oh, is is that what you're noticing? In what way? Because you'll notice when you look at this, they're not following these children. They're doing it, and they're going, good riddance. That's what's happening. And she makes that point here as well. But we notice that goes away. Oh, is that what you notice? Because that's what the narrative is today? I, I mean, the, I, something tells me these particular doctors are something special. The studies we have shown these kids often wind up functioning psychologically as well as, well as or better than their peers. That is straight up scientifically not true. The, the suicide rate is dramatically higher post-surgeries than in any other comparative point, and they simply argue it's because they're bullied. Well, then what's the, what are you saying? So on one side, of it, you're saying they need this because they're going to kill themselves, but then you say that's why they have higher suicide after, because you're all mean to them. It doesn't make sense, and all of it is assumption. Does it play a factor? Yeah, people being mean to each other has a fact, effects on this, but how the fact that we're pretending that these the opinions of the community are more important than scientific facts, well... Right back to the COVID-19 narrative. Quote, there not a quote, excuse me. There are no reliable studies, she says, showing this. That's my point, but that's exactly what she's saying as well. These doctors were saying something that is not scientifically backed. Big surprise. Indeed, the experience of many of the, of the center's patients themselves literally prove how false that is. And that's why she left. Because she saw it and tried to point it out and nobody cared. She says, here's an example. On May 1st, 2020, a colleague emailed her about a 15-year-old male patient. It says, oh dear, I'm concerned that the patient does not understand what this drug does. Now, I forget this drug was, I think she says right down there anyway, but it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a hormone treatment that, that has all sorts of crazy side effects because, yet again, it's not actually prescribed for that purpose. But, and of course, and this is, how, this is my point about the whole conversation. The only reason that makes sense is because their argument is, and it's just like the COVID-19 dynamic, that this is so serious. These people are just about to kill themselves because of something that apparently we're only just able in the history of humanity to deal with. Even though that doesn't make sense if you look back, right? It's just so stupid. But the idea is that it's so important and we know we're going to take a drug that's not even used for this purpose, that has all sorts of dangerous side effects. And as long as they're okay with that, we'll give them this because that's more important. It's just everything shows you that's not true, and we just keep going forward. But the, she responded, I don't think that we start anything, honestly, right now. Well, they did anyway. 
This is a medication used to treat metastatic prostate cancer. Metastatic, metastatic, metastatic. I know that. That's so strange. You know, you, sometimes you get it stuck in your mind or you're on your tongue and you can't. That's so weird. Wasting time. Metastatic. That's metastatic. Metastatic. No, see, that's weird. I was thinking, anyway, doesn't matter. Wasting time. Metastatic prostate cancer. And one of its side effects is that it feminizes the bodies of men who take it, including the appearance of breasts. So they take this because the side effect of this drug, approved for something else, which probably is super dangerous in its own right, all these things are, and because they just realized in the process, oh, look, this has this effect of feminization and breast. They just go, well, here, take this drug, the side effect. So what's interesting about the other conversation we always say about how side effects aren't side effects, there's effects, right? And I just like to frame it and categorize it. So it's like, here's the one we want you to look at. The rest of it are side effects. Well, what if the side effects are the most predominant part? They're not really side effects, are they? So now you're giving them treatment for this because it causes that to happen. Wouldn't you argue that's the effect of the drug then? The center prescribed this cancer, this cancer drug, as a puberty blocker and feminizing agent for boys. As with most cancer drugs, this drug has a long list of side effects, and this patient experienced one of them. Liver toxicity. He was sent to another unit of the hospital for evaluation and immediately taken off the drug. Afterwards, his mother sent them an email saying, lucky we are not the type to sue. Well, if you read the email, it seems that they're kind of like, these people don't understand, and they're adamant about wanting to do this. So in, in one way, you'd argue it's your responsibility to do your due diligence. Look into this stuff before you just dump it in your kid's mouth and then threaten to sue them for, you know what I'm saying? Like, but either way, I, on both sides of this conversation, clearly the, the location is at fault here. But my point, <laughs> they, this kid could have died. I mean, instantaneously. It was like they, they immediately took them off the drug because it was very serious. And that's what you're weighing off what? Maybe having, like, the point is, it's not even definitive. You could wake up in two years and change your mind or not agree with it or decide you're a different gender that day. The point is, this is dangerous. How little patients understood about uh, what they were getting into was illustrated by a call that they received in 2020 from a 17-year-old woman who was on testosterone. She said she was bleeding from her vagina. Now, pardon me if this gets a little bit graphic. In less than an hour, she had soaked through an extra heavy pad, her jeans, and a towel, and she wrapped around that she had wrapped around her waist. The nurse at the center told her to immediately go to the emergency room. They found out later that's because she had intercourse. And because the testosterone actually thins the vaginal tissues, that they actually ripped her vaginal canal. And she didn't even know that. And that she had to be sedated and given surgery just to repair that damage. She wasn't the only vaginal laceration case they heard about. Are they telling children that? <laughs> At the end of the call, I thought to myself, wow, we hurt this kid. Now, she, in this case, she's talking about a different example, but the point still applies. This was about, this gets a little more graphic, actually, but it's about a girl who took testosterone, and then by the process, her clitoris essentially gets overlarged and merely uncomfortable. Apparently, that's super common. And the point is, they just go, well, get, get the kind of underwear men wear. Like, it's just so crazy to me that this is, this is experimentation. This is eugenic experimentation. Eugenical? Eugenics? And actually, well, I, I, I'm wanting to say this quote the whole time, because this is where this quote comes from. I'll wait to the end, the whole airplane quote, because that's what this is. 
they don't know what they're doing, guys. This is real world experimentation or who cares? Do it because of the agenda. Most of these teens haven't even had sex yet. She writes, they had no idea who they were going to be as adults. Yet all it took for them to permanently transform themselves was one or two short conversations with a therapist. And by the way, therapists that are worked up with this cycle, therapists that they recommend who are, have templates they've already given them about how, and you see where this goes. Possibly one conversation with somebody who's already worked in with this cycle and you are lifelong stuck. I doubt that any parent who's ever consented to give their kid testosterone, a lifelong treatment, knows that they're also possibly signing their kid up for blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication, and perhaps a sleep apnea and diabetes. That's the lowest end of the whole problem. We're not even getting into the bone problems, getting into the, the potential strokes, getting into all the other things we talked about. Infertility. Parents understand of what, oh, that point was just reading this email right here. It says, but sometimes the parents eventually come to find out because of what happens to their child. It says, please be advised that I'm revoking my consent for this course of medical treatment. Grades have dropped. There's been an inpatient behavioral health visit, and now he's on five different medications. None before this. This is post-treatment. You know, the treatment that's supposed to make them better and healthier and less suicidal. So post-healthy treatment, grades are dropping, behavioral issues, and suddenly five different medications, Lexapro, Booze Bar, all these random things that all come with their own side effects and other altering problems. This person, the dad writes, is a shell of his former self, riddled with anxiety. Who knows if it's because of the hormone blockers? Come on, man. You know what it is. I revoke my consent, which is why you do it, because you know. I want the hormone blocker removed. Too late now, though, man. I mean, not entirely, you know, but these things have lasting effects, even for the period they've already used it. Now, if this is the part about the mental overlap. She says, besides teenage girls, another new group was, was referred to them. Young people directly from the inpatient psychiatric unit. I mean, that should be a showstopper, guys. They are literally funneling people from the psychiatric unit into the transgender surgery hospital. Or the emergency department of the St. Louis Children's Hospital. Somebody needs to go over there as an authority figure and investigate what the hell is going on in these hospitals. The mental health of these kids was deeply concerning, she says. There were diagnoses like schizophrenia. I mean, that's quite literally the example we use on this show. What if they're schizophrenic? They just believe they're transgender. Well, that's already happened. Schizophrenia, PTSD, bipolar disorder. Often, they were already on a fistful of pharmaceuticals. She says no matter how much suffering or pain a child had endured or how little treatment and love they had received, our doctors viewed gender transition even with all the expense and hardship it entailed as the solution. Who cares if you're, ah, you're quite literally insane? Clearly, transitioning will do it, says the doctor benefiting from that prescription. Shocking. I mean, guys, this is as transparent as I've ever seen anything. Some weeks it felt as though almost our entire caseload was nothing but disturbed young people. And this really breaks my heart. Like even just, I, I, I don't even, I need to take a break from this topic. I feel like this is breaking me. The idea that this is even happening. Our entire caseload was nothing but disturbed young people. 
How is this even possible? You are funneling in mentally disturbed children through genital mutilation for your benefit. For example, one teenager came to us in the summer of 2022 when he was 17 years old and living in a lockdown facility because he had been sexually abusing dogs. It's real. He had an awful childhood, clearly. He was abused. His mother was a drug addict. His father was imprisoned, and he grew up in a foster care. Whatever treatment he may have been getting, it clearly wasn't working. During their intake of this disturbed kid, she learned from another caseworker that when he got out, he had planned to reoffend, meaning abusing dogs, because he apparently believed that the dogs were willingly submitting to him. Just one of these crazy, that, that kid is disturbed. Somewhere along the way, he expressed a desire to become female, this, this dog abuser. So he ended up being seen at their center. From there, he went to a psychologist at the very hospital we're talking about, who was known to approve virtually everybody seeking transition, right? That's what we know. That's how this is working right now. Then our doctor recommended feminizing hormones. Okay, so you're mentally abused. You've got all, or mentally probably, you have all these problems. You're abusing dogs. You're being locked up for it. I know what we'll do. Fem hormones. Perfect. Doctor, you're genius. I don't know why we're not laughing at how macabrely disgusting this is. Like these pe this is like a like a dark sitcom. I don't understand this. I mean, we do, and I think I just can't come to terms with that. So he just he wanted to be female. So they decided to treat him with hormones. At the time, she wondered if this was being done as a form of chemical castration. Like literally, as the doctor going, Whoa, this kid's a, a psycho. So let's let's pretend we'll, you know, like that we know this causes infertility, even though we don't really tell anybody that. So let's do that. Now, I, I don't, you could think about that for yourself. Either way, you're making money off of more medical treatment that's only going to make this kid more psychotic. That same thought. Now, look, even if you think, by the way, that giving this treatment to people with actual dysphoria is going to make them better, which I disagree with, we're not talking about that right here. Are we pretending this dog abuser is, is a transgender person? Of course, if he says so, apparently it is, because that's what they, made. they say today. It's not even about dysphoria. You can make it up for yourself. That's not true, because they're not doing that. They need the diagnosis to prescribe the chemicals that are then making them sterile. The point, though, is that this kid is troubled. Or how about the schizophrenic? They come in and you give them these hormones. How is that supposed to benefit them? If your argument is it benefits people with gender dysphoria, we're not even in the same ballpark here. We're talking about schizophrenia. So you're going to give them hormones? Because you see my point? It's off the rails. The same thought came up again and again with another case. Or again with another case. This one was in the spring of 2022, she says, and concerned a young man who had intense obsessive compulsive disorder that manifested for this person as a desire to cut off his penis after he masturbated. This patient expressed no gender dysphoria. Let me say that again. He was very, oh, I, he expressed no gender dysphoria. But he got hormones too. Why? Well, because hormones solve everything, don't they? Isn't that the new mantra? If you're in any way problematic, you must be transgender and we'll give you hormones and you'll be okay. And if anything else happens later, it's because you're being picked on. She asked the doctor what protocol he was following, but she never even got an answer. 
So this guy goes in because he's got compulsive disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. He's saying, I'm not, I don't have gender dysphoria. I don't think I'm a woman. Here's hormones. I don't think there's even confusion here. I think anybody with any real integrity can see what's happening if they just care to look. Another disturbing aspect, she writes, of the center was its lack of regard for the rights of parents. Yeah, we all see that every day. With every topic, for that matter, today. And the extent to which doctors saw themselves as more informed decision makers over the fate of those children. Well, we saw that long before this transgender movement. Doctors have suddenly decided that you don't even have to say anymore. That used to be the exact opposite, didn't it? Well, that power structures have been shifting like this for years now. Like I was saying about the politicians treating you like you're not even allowed to question them. This is authoritarianism, guys, from every angle. We live in a medical apartheid kind of state, or rather specifically a technocratic medical system. My concerns about this approach, she writes, to dissenting parents grew in 2019 when one of their doctors actually testified in a custody hearing against a father who opposed the mother's wishes to start an 11-year-old child on puberty blockers. That's child abuse. It doesn't matter what their narrative is. There's not scientific evidence to back it up. And on top of that, we know it's going to cause most likely infertility at the very least. So she had done the original intake call. She found the mother disturbing, in fact. She and the father were getting divorced. And the mother described the daughter as kind of a tomboy. And don't forget that part. She found the mother as disturbing. You'll see why. So now the mother was convinced her child was trans. This is one of these moms, I argue, based on the way this is being written, it, it's, it's a trendy thing. I want my kid to be trans, so I have a trans kid like the rest of them do. That's what this feels like. So she's convinced it's trans because the kid is a tomboy, the, the girl. But when she asked if the daughter had adopted a boy's name, was distressed about her body, or if she felt the saying she felt like a boy, the mother said no. Clearly not suffering from anything other than the mom wanting a gender, transgender child. So she explained the girl just didn't meet the criteria. And then, boom, just like that, magically, the mother came back next month and said, hey, all the things you said are now happening. She's using a boy's name. She's distressed over her body, and she wants to do this. Now, this time, of course, the mom and the daughter were given an appointment. Our providers decided the girl was trans and prescribed puberty blockers, and boom, just like that, never looked back. The problem here is that the mother clearly drove this discussion. Now, the father... He's spoken up and adamantly disagrees and says this was all entirely coming from the mother, that the, the, the daughter didn't even want this. And so a custody battle ensued. Enter the doctor. You know, the doctor with the white coat that everybody respects, stepping in and going, I side with the woman that's making me money. After the hearing where the doctor testified in favor of transition, of course, the judge sided with the mother. Now, look, we know what's going on there. Whether or not this made this was what the daughter wanted or not, you gave this child treatments that will affect her life forever. Because I was in the main intake person, she writes, I had the broadest perspective on our existing and prospective patients. In 2019, a new group of people appeared on her radar, desisters and detransitioners. Desisters are ones just simply choosing not to go through with transition maybe after, you know, some puberty blockers. Detransitioners are transgender people who decide to return to their birth gender. Now, don't be confused. 
That's not technically even really possible. Not in the way you might think. There is no coming back from these surgeries. Now, like we've seen with the guy we've referenced more than once with, with Matt Walsh, you know, you can, you can essentially go through this process and then kind of go back, but you're not the same person. It's not a switch you can flip and become, you know, you don't get the surgery back. You don't get the breasts back. You don't, your hormone treatments are lasting. You can stop taking them. You can call yourself a woman's name again or however you want to look at it, but it doesn't just go away. That's important to understand. Irreversible. But our point is this exploded since 2019. What do you know? We're, this is only going to get worse. This goes forward. So we see 2015 the explosion. And now when the time has set in and the problems grow and years go by and suddenly they're finding the courage to admit that they were played or wrong or are more unhappy now, it's coming out. We thought the doctors would want to collect and understand this data in order to figure out what they had missed, right? Because from a doctor's perspective, the point is, well, if they're now saying they don't want to be this, then we misdiagnosed them, right? It was wrong. They didn't have gender dysphoria. They were just confused. But they were wrong. The doctors didn't care. One doctor even wondered aloud why he would spend time on anybody who was no longer his patient. Okay, back to the point up there. As far as we can tell, everything improves going forward. Oh, well, if, if you're not even caring about them after they walk out of the building, then how do you know that, bud? Because that's what they said you're supposed to say, right? The point is, he didn't care. They were watching people come back and go, I made a mistake. I want, I want to pay you again to go back the other way. And there's the crux of the point. You get them both times. These people are swimming in profit in this business. That's why we recognize that there has, I mean, she, I think she writes it right in here that the amount of these things have exploded from a few of them to hundreds across this country in a matter of years because this is an exploding industry. Why would this doctor try to stop this back and forth when it's making them more money? I don't know that's what his logic is, but I, I would be willing to bet, at the very least, by ignoring the problem, it shows you the kind of person these people are. And let's not forget that they know this is happening. As I've, I'll, I'll show you this in a second again, that these, these head, the head of these places, the leading individuals are telling us they're being sloppy with this. It says, but we created a document anyway behind the doctor's back, and they called it the red flag list. It was an Excel spreadsheet that tracked the kind of patients that kept uh, her colleague and her up at night. One of the saddest cases of detransition she witnessed was a teenage girl who, like so many of their patients, came from an unstable family which that's the majority of these guys, that, that says a lot, was in an uncertain living situation and had a long history of drug use. The overwhelming majority of her patients are white, but this girl was black. Now, that's worth considering right there, guys. Now, I, I, we can have opinions about what that would mean, but it definitely means something. She was put on hormones at the center when she turned 16, which is, that's not, that's, that's not supposed to happen before 17 at the very least, I think, 18 but it says when she, and which by the way, I don't agree with at all. When she was 18, she went in for a double mastectomy, what's known as top surgery. Now, as I've said before, for those that may not have heard previous shows, my own opinion has become more, you know, I've been st stating it more readily in regard to what, but at the end of the day, what I've always maintained is that if you are a grown adult, you can make your own decisions about your own body. In earlier conversations, I didn't even think it was necessary for me to say whether I thought, because it's your grown person. But then when this became about children, well, that's when, these, that, that's when I felt it was necessary to express my more nuanced opinion, which is that I genuinely feel like most of these people are struggling with something other than just that they're supposed to be a woman or a man. 
and this is somehow rectifying a human species problem that's always been there, but we've never technologically been able to deal with. Come on, guys. It's, it's you're just silly. But I could be wrong. And my point is that I've got people in this community that have always said that are transgender that are as far as I can tell, very normal functioning people that I can talk to and are intelligent and we have common. Okay, so the point is that I can at least acknowledge that if you're an adult and you want to do it, that's up to you, right? But I genuinely think that most of this, if not all of it, constitutes some sort of a mental problem or some sort of a, a, a something that's been caused in you. But just so we've made clear before, there are plenty of people that have, like, for instance, take medication for all sorts of mental disorders that are fully functional, right? So it's just... Always. When we're lost in the political fervor of a topic, it's always like one or the other. There's never nuance, and that's what the two-party paradigm does. But back to the point. She was 18. She went in for top surgery to get her breasts removed. Three months after, she called the surgeon's office to say she was going back to her birth name, and her pronouns were she, her. Just silly. That's how they just Anyway, heartbreakingly, she told the nurse, I want my breasts back. The surgeon's office contacted our office because they just didn't even know what to tell her. Because the answer is that's not possible. Now, sure, you can get breast implants, but if you want to go to a, a plastic surgeon and pay $20,000, but that's not even possible for most of these people. Or, you know, whatever it costs. I'm sure it's a lot. I'm just throwing a number out. My colleague and I, she says, said that they would reach out. It took a while to track. Oh, and by the way, just so we're clear, that you never really get back. You can have some breast implants that look and feel like normal breasts, but they're never going to have the ability that they did because you don't just remove the, the outer surface. You remove all of the functionality. Of, and you will not be able to do what normal women can do with their breasts. But I'm guaranteed someone out there is going to say, they're a bigot. That's not true. The science is pretty clear. But it says, they said that when they, that my colleague and I, she said, they said that when they, when they, my colleague and I said that we would reach out. <laughs> they're talking about this girl. It took a while to track her down, and when they did, they made sure that she was in decent mental health, that she was not actively suicidal, that she was not using substances. The last they heard, she was pregnant. Of course, she'll never be able to breastfeed her child. Now, that goes back to the other conversation, because that is true. She will never be able to do that. Now, yes, you might be able to have another surgery and produce some weird discharge they can pretend is breast, but that's not what's happening. Now, it says, by spring of 2020, I felt a medical and moral obligation to do something. So I spoke up in the office and sent plenty of emails. And you could likely guess what happened. On January 6th, 2022, I received an email from a staff therapist asking me for help with a case of a 16-year-old transgender male living in another state. Parents are open to having patient see a therapist, but not supportive of gender. And patient does not want parents to be aware of gender identity. I'm having a challenging time, she writes, finding a, th a affirming therapist. Even the way her, her they write this. So you're, what you're doing is trying to find a therapist that you know will give them what they want. That's not therapy. You see my point? And that's even how she writes that. <clears throat> now, the whistleblower responded and says, I do not ethically agree with linking a minor patient to a therapist who would be gender affirming with gender as a focus of their work without that being discussed with the parents and the parent agreeing to that. Well, we know where this has gone since then. As of today, it is unjustifiable. They'll, in California, they will take your kids away if you don't align with whatever they say they're supposed to think that day. I don't know how we let that, I don't even know how it's possible. And guess what? 
they, they, they literally created the justification to force her out. Now, she ended up quitting. But the fact of what just what happens next, it just shows you how inherently dishonest all of this is. It says, in all my years at the Washington University School of Medicine, I had received solidly positive performance reviews. But in 2021, of course, right after she starts speaking out, that changed. I got a below average mark for her judgment and working relationships and cooperative spirit. Although I was described as responsible, conscientious, hardworking, and productive, the evaluation somehow also noted, at times, Jamie responds poorly to direction and management with defensiveness and hostility. Yeah, you know exactly what that's representing. She started to challenge the narrative. In front of the team, the doctors said, this is really crazy. So they had a a half-day retreat, brought everybody out in one big group, and in front of everybody, the doctors said that her and her colleague, the only two pointing out the facts and the reality, had to stop questioning the medicine and the science, as well as their authority. I mean, that statement almost gave me chills when I read it. Think about how, how alarming that is. These are doctors that clearly, at some level, know that they're ignoring the problem and stand everybody up and say, you have to stop questioning the science and our authority. I mean, that gives me like eugenics, like Nazi levels kind of feeling. That This is overwhelming. Then an administrator told them that they have to, quote, get on board or get out. God, man. It becomes clear that the purpose of the retreat was to deliver these messages to us. Get on board or get out. Stop challenging the story. Stop giving us all the science and facts. We have money to make. Now, obviously, that's how I perceive it, but it doesn't matter how you frame this. You are talking about people that are going, what about all these people that are saying they don't want this anymore? Doesn't that matter? Shut up. What about the fact that the, you know, I mean, everything we went over to this whole article, none of that matters. It's all verifiable. We showed you the peer-reviewed science. And these are the doctors going, get on board. Get in with the program. Now, she gave her notice in 2022. It says at the end, I came across comments from Dr. Rachel Levine, a transgender woman or a man who is a high official at the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. The article read, Levine, the U.S. Assistant for Secretary for Health, said that clinics are proceeding carefully and that no American children are receiving drugs or hormones for gender dysphoria who shouldn't. Think that's what she actually said. She says, I felt stunned and sickened. It wasn't true. And I know that from deep first-hand experience. So does Rachel Levine. She's lying. Sort of the way they're lying about the EPA reports and, and information around the fluoride discussion as they're actively keeping that from being released. I mean, we can prove it, guys. Either Rachel Levine is the most uninformed health department of health and human services uh, official, assistant secretary, excuse me, or she is absolutely ignoring literally all the evidence that shows the opposite. Everywhere. There is overwhelming evidence everywhere. This is being given to all sorts of kids that are not, I mean, again, The main point, let me just do this now before I finish this article, guys. Here's Rachel Levine lying to you because I can prove to you right now that you have the leading groups, the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. This is in June 2022. On the record, saying, psychologist Erica Anderson literally resigned her post, still works with the group, but resigned her post as a board member in protest. Why? She voiced concerns about sloppy treatment being given to kids without adequate counseling. 
So this group, the WPATH group, that's the, that's the acronym for this group, <clears throat> the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. This is the group that Levine will point at to say standard of care. Standards of care. That's what she kept repeating in front of in front of Rand Paul. Remember? That's where that comes from. So she is pointing at this very group where the president is saying, we are treating kids inappropriately. Then she stands up and says, that's not happening. Anybody starting to see a problem here? Somebody's lying. She is still a group member, but she realizes there's a problem. She tells them of horror stories. Their child had 20 minutes with a doctor and already got hormones offered. Anderson said she's heard recent estimates that now kids are one in five. Transgender, which the expert strongly disputes. But it doesn't matter, though, because the community is now driving the policy. Dr. Marcy Bowers, the transgender group's president-elect, the president of the leading transgender group in the world, has also raised concerns about hasty treatments. So how are we supposed to take Rachel Levine seriously, you know, aside from the obvious reasons we shouldn't take her seriously, if she is blatantly lying about the reality? She felt sickened and stunned. It wasn't true, and she knows that. Two weeks ago, she brought her concerns and documents to the attention of the Missouri Attorney General. He's a Republican. She's a progressive. But the safety of children should not be a matter for our culture wars. Given the secrecy and lack of rigorous standards that characterize youth, gender, transition across the country, I believe that to ensure the safety of American children, we need a moratorium on the hormonal and surgical treatment of young people with gender dysphoria or young people in general. Now, many people are going to argue that because she's somehow working with a Republican, that now she's a right-wing conspiracy theorist. That's how dumb this argument is. Anybody that says the wrong thing is somehow whatever the dumping narrative is, whatever the pejorative is today, where you're a this, you're a Russian chill, you're a pair of Nazi these are the people leading the conversation, and they have to be the dumbest people I've ever seen in my life. Willfully so. In the past 15 years, according to Reuters, the U.S. has gone from having no pediatric gender clinics to more than 100. A, without, there's zero long-term studies. Wrap your mind around that. 100 clinics doing genital mutilation surgeries on children with zero long-term studies. A thorough analysis should be undertaken to find out what has been done to their patients and why. And what the long-term consequences are. You know what will never happen? That. Just like they never test vax versus unvax. Just like they never test the long-term risks of everything else we're talking about. Whether they never test placebo-controlled trial. Never. Because if they do, just like they did with their own trial, their, this location before they left, they will find that there's far too many people that are not, that are harmed by this, if not all of them. There was a clear path for us to follow, she writes. Just last year, England announced that it would close the Tavistock's youth gender clinic. Then the NHS is only such clinic in the country. After an investigation revealed, guess what? Shoddy practices and poor patient treatment. Isn't it amazing? So other countries are like, yep, exactly what you see too. We're shutting it down. Sweden, Finland have also done the same thing. After they investigated pediatric trans transition and greatly curbed the practice, finding... There is insufficient evidence of help and danger of great harm. And somehow, weirdly, our government just keeps charging forward. Because you know why. Some critics describe the kind of treatment offered at places like the Transgender Center, where I worked as a kind of national experiment. She says, but that's wrong. You know why? Experiments are, sub are supposed to be carefully designed. Hypotheses are supposed to be tested ethically. The doctors I worked alongside at the Transgender Center 
said frequently about the treatments of our patients. Quote, we are building the plane while we are flying it. No one should be a passenger on that kind of aircraft. We literally just use that quote. What's crazy to me is that quote comes from somebody who is using these treatments. So if you know that, how are you still giving those treatments? Understand how she said that is the doctor saying that. Think about how disturbing that is, guys. Man, oh man, oh man. Well, as I said here, members of the nation's leading advocacy group, three of them, including the president, have argued that they are giving sloppy treatment to children with not enough counseling. And I pointed out, as Josh Wilkos exposes, that they're telling you on the record that it makes them sterile, infertile. This is an exploding industry with no long-term studies. The same people, in many cases, screaming that you can't use ivermectin are not concerned in the slightest, as long as it aligns favorably with their chosen facts of the side of the two-party illusion. Unreal. Now, weirdly enough, we just, we talked about this conversation in 2018. This is uh, an article, well, I used to do this every now and again, it was like an article slash show that I put out. Over-medicated and undereducated, I called it conditioning for the warfare state. Now, you should read this. It's very interesting. There's a lot of interesting topics in this. I think the actual show was called something different. Here's the link. I had to re-add to it because it was censored on YouTube. But the part that I wanted to point out is, well, first of all, interesting, this, as we're well out of the story, which we now know, even though they still prescribe them, even though the new study shows they're killing people, that studies show treating depression with SSRI drugs may sabotage your well-being. Shocking! Yeah, they, they, the, the drugs that are giving people for depression are causing suicide, because that makes sense, right? And it does when you really start looking at the bigger picture, doesn't it? But this point right here, state takes child from parents because they refused to allow her to become transgender. Well, look at that. This was already happening. This was Ohio. Ohio, 2018. Hamilton County, Judge Sylvia Sieve Hendon stripped custody rights from an Ohio couple because they, re they refused to allow their daughter to become a transgendered boy. The parents, a religious family, wanted her to go to therapy instead to get treatment for gender dysphoria. Isn't that interesting? So now we're at a point where, like, apparently this was never, even though, even now they argue they should get counseling, apparently even then it was like just skipping right past it. How dare you suggest I get counseling? Interestingly, despite losing the case, the child was made to get, to get all, to have it all happen anyway. It appears as if the case was more political than simply seeing what is deemed best for the child. It seems odd that we are willing to allow, I wrote this in 2018, think about how interesting it is, then to now. And, and then ask, and Make note, as I slightly pat myself on the back, of how completely consistent my perspective is then versus now. It seems odd that we're willing to allow a child under the age of 18 to choose to irreversibly alter their body and mind based on the way they feel, but also, no doubt, due to social influence and trends to some degree. Sure called that. And at a very impressionable time. Yet we will now, we will not allow that same child to join the military, drink alcohol, even smoke cigarettes. No tobacco until you're 18, but mind-altering pharmaceuticals and invasive surgeries are now on the table? I mean, just think about that sentence, how stupid that is. Something is clearly off here. This may not be an ideal case, but many out there are only stressing caution and patience in adolescence, like with literally everything else, and are being removed from their parental rights and even facing criminal charges. Now, yet again, as I often point out, if, you, if people out there were following us long before we were as prominent as we are today, look at how far ahead you'd be on these stories. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right on everything. I'm wrong about plenty of things. 
But I often like to point that out, that there's a lot on this platform that nobody even knows about. And here, just to make, we can all collectively laugh at me. Here's the actual episode <laughs> where I'm overweight in this weird room and it's all uncomfortable. It's just funny. This is, you know, going back and showing the difference. <laughs> you can watch for yourself. Here's the title. Korean sanctions aimed at China, SSRIs and shootings, and state take a kid to allow transgender change. Well, to finish up, I got one last segment for you guys, and it is uncomfortable. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. We need to understand that in this conversation, there exists predators. Now, we went over multiple parts of this, right? The, the, the lies about the treatment, what's actually happening, breastfeeding, the treatments, the surgeries, how well they work, whether they're safe and effective, whether they help people. But we need to realize the point about how clearly this is an overlap. Now, you can argue with everybody. You can argue with – the point is you can't argue with none because I'm going to show you some examples now. I've shown you plenty already. There are predators who are either pretending to be transgender in order to get close to children or who are, which I've, we just showed you. that they Apparently, at least in this one clinic, most of their patients are being funneled in from the psychiatric units. A lot of them are, 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 are psychologically damaged, dog abusers or, manip, or sexual problems, I mean, who have, been manip, who have been sexually abused themselves growing up. That's what that st- the statement is, hurt people hurt people, right? My point, though, is that I'm going to show you some clips that are they're uncomfortable, but I want you to understand that there are examples of, at the very least, people pretending to be transgender who are being caught trying to sci- get close to children, Okay. And this is real. So if we know that this is happening to some degree, it has to be part of the conversation, but they won't allow it. And then, of course, on top of that, you've got people on the right who come in and act like everybody's every gay person is transgender is a rapist. And then what happens is you lose the focus on the nuance. Now, is that intentional by those right wing? I don't know. The left wing does the same thing. It might just be that they're taken by the narrative or it could be that they're knowingly trying to hide the real discussion. All of that matters, guys. We have to consider this. We need to be seeing beyond the two-party illusion and have nuance, discernment. The point is that somewhere in the middle, this gets lost. So here's the, this is a video of a transgender person attempting to meet up with a 13-year-old girl in Colorado. I'm with Colorado Pet Patrol, all right? What we do is we monitor the internet for adults lurking for minors. I'm not looking for a minor. Uh, how old is this person you were talking to? 13. Okay, so that's a minor in the, in the state of Colorado. Take her shopping. You're going to take her shopping? Yeah. No, I never said anything else. No saying about kissing, nothing like that? No, kissing, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, if you lie, I'm just calling the police. I'm not okay? lying. What toy did you bring for this little girl? I forgot it. What was it? It was uh, a spinner. Now, this is this is one of these groups you've already seen. They're actually pretty prominent on Twitter. They, they do this all the time. I'm going to show you another example. I think it's the same group doing it to a, a, a man pedophile. But the point is they, they, they monitor them. They set up sting operations and they stop them. You know, the thing that police are supposed to be doing, right? A spinner. Yeah, kids like spinners, don't they? You were meeting a 13-year-old who you said you could teach how to have sex in a truck. I never sh- Do you want me to read it to I you? I never said I'd teach him to have sex in a truck. You said you could no, teach her. Did she want to learn? Do you want me to read it to you? I know what I said. What'd you say? What'd you say? I said I could teach her, but I didn't say I was. But you could, so, so it's okay to say, you're coming up to the McDonald's, you're meeting her, were you gonna kiss her? I don't know. I wanna call the police. Why? I didn't do anything. You think they're gonna believe? I got everything right here. You. you cannot no, meet a minor off the internet. Don't you can't. Child out their home off the internet. All right, so just so it's clear, guys, I don't, I don't think I have to say this, but this is a grown man, a grown man, 
dressed like a woman trying to meet a 13-year-old girl and on the in the conversation it offered to to teach her how to have sex and have and make out with her. This is a predator, guys. It doesn't matter how you look, this is a predator and this is dangerous and it's happening everywhere because of the way that this conversation has opened this door with with dual you with uh, you know open bathrooms and all this conversation. It's clearly part of this. In no way am I suggesting this means that every person in this community is like this. It is part of it, though, in any community. To ignore that is, I would start, I'm, that makes me want to look at you. You don't have to have sex with him, idiot. What the Get fuck the you, fuck out of my face. What the fuck you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I actually, I thought this one didn't have the cussing. I apologize. I have two of them. I was going to show you the beginning of the other one. So I guess earmuffs, guys. I apologize for the cursing. Like, I don't know how I mixed that up. Back the fuck up. Excuse me. Back the fuck up. Then don't step towards you me. You step towards me. Now step you're stepping towards because me. Because you step towards me. Do not fuck. It's illegal. You're we can do anything else. Kissing is okay. I won't do anything illegal today. You will have to force me to do things, you That's said. That's right. She will have to force me. And those 13 year olds. A 13 year old child, you're going to lure them out of their house to force her to do shit to you? Are you fucking a insane? A 13 year old's not going to force me to do anything. That's why I said right. you have to force me. Did Go I- into the bathroom. All right. I, I mean, you get the gist of it, guys. So this, this predator, this disgusting person, has openly admitted. That yeah, I wasn't gonna make her do anything. It's up to her. So this is a this is a disgusting pedophile. That's what this is. Is anybody can, is anybody disputing that? I mean, this is exactly what you're looking at. Now here's the other video. I think that gets the gist of it. But I just wanted to show you what they wrote. The Redux, whatever, put this out as well. Right now, I know a little bit more than you want. If we, if you have a talk with this, I don't have to call the police. Okay. Well, it's all- just so you know, that's always how they start it, and then they pretty much always call the police. So they just do that to lure them into feeling like maybe if I be honest, if I'm honest, I won't get caught, and then they call the police. Also, entrapment. Okay. Entrapment. So as predator hunters in Colorado conducted a sting of a 61-year-old trans-identified male who was attempting to meet a teen girl for purposes of teaching her how to have sex. Tell on the record. They have the printouts. Predator had told a decoy posing as the teen girl that he intended to bring a sex toy for her, but when confronted, he claimed it was a spinner. I, I think that's the gist of it. I don't want. I don't want to get into the cussing again. I forgot it. Being this, you don't have friends, and I get desperate for friends. That's all I wanted was friends. You're allowed to do whatever you want. We don't care about that. I don't have friends. People don't like this. Okay. This is me. I'm in the wrong body. Look, people don't like me as a man. And I'm desperate to find people, friends. People don't like you as a man? No, they don't. I seem to have more people like me as a woman than as a man. Ah, and there beca- there, there is an opening of a conversation to have, right? So now suddenly, it becomes a tool that's used by people that just don't feel... And of course, here's the interesting part, is that in the community, they might, they might say, well, there's a person with gender dysphoria. Or there's just a psychologically damaged pedophile that just wants to dress up like a woman so they can pretend they're making friends. I mean, the problem is that those both exist, at least in the conversation they're having, like, you know, my opinions. So you can't pretend only one is part of the conversation, right? That either makes me very suspicious about why you don't want to acknowledge that this is there, or simply that makes me suspicious, period. (laughs) That's the bottom line. And we've shown, guys, we've shown you so many examples of this. Here is, this This one is another very, dis- here, let me show you this one first, and we'll just end with this creepy guy. That this is a woman, as you can see, or excuse me, a man, dressed like a woman, in a woman's bathroom, with an erection, 
filming behind the, at the stalls where women are talking. I mean, there, there's so many examples of this. It gets almost overwhelming. Let me close some things real quick. That, that people would ignore this. It just blows me away. Now, here's the example. Graham Allen's the account that's been sharing. I believe this might even be the group doing this. I'm not sure. But here they are catching a guy, pedophile, at Starbucks. Now, just the reason I want to show this one is because this is this, it's the same thing. The same way this happened, the same way they tried to lure the child. <clears throat> and, this, and so the point is that these people, these predators, these disgusting, vile human beings are going to try to do whatever they can to get close to these children. That includes dressing up like a woman, pretending to be part of this community, starting groups online under the guise that you're fighting for trans ideology. Now, the point is that can't, we should not be as ignorant as other sides of this conversation and pretend that means everybody and this is like that. I just don't believe that. Whether you think they're mentally problematic or not, I don't believe that makes every one of them a sexual deviant. At the same time, this not being acknowledged makes me very, very uncomfortable. So what my point in showing this again is that this happens and has always happened. That people like this will try to find ways close to your children. And this door, this will transgender discussion has kicked these open wide. Come on. How's it going? I'm not doing anything fine. You're not doing anything fine? I'm not doing anything fine, he says. <laughs> I mean, I just, this guy creeps me out. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm just, I'm just... Just baby. came to have a coffee with you. No. You don't have a coffee? No. Want me to call the police? No. Do you want to have a coffee? No. Want me to call the police? No. Want to have a coffee? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. What are you doing here? I'm just sitting here drinking a coffee. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Do you want me to read the messages? I can get. I can read them to everybody in this uh, King Supers, or we can be honest. I'll be honest, sir. Okay. okay. I'll be honest. We're recording for your safety and ours. We're not law enforcement, okay? We stopped this from happening. Okay. Um, we don't have to call the police, but I certainly will if you bullshit, okay? Okay. So depending on how you are is depending how this okay. is going to go today, okay? Okay. Thank you, sir. Um, what were you going to do today? I, well, I wasn't going to do anything that he wouldn't have wanted to do. Okay. So okay. if he wanted to have sex, would you have had sex with him? If he wanted it, possibly. But All right, that that's I'm 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 done with that. You guys get the gist of it. I just can't even watch this stuff. So the point is, obviously, this guy was there to try to manipulate a child. Thank God it's a child that doesn't exist, and this guy these guys were setting him up. Are we going to pretend that this guy wouldn't dress up like a woman to 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 do that? I mean, guys, we know this is the case. Now, I don't need to sell this point to you. You guys are right there with me. The problem is that there are people out there that are trying to hide this, as well as the people that just, for whatever reason, just don't want to acknowledge that it exists. Now, here is something that Orwell pointed out to me that I wanted to end with. I think is really crazy. The Canada did this whole report, and this is not old. It's 2022. Correctional Service Canada, Changing Lives, Protecting Canadians. Research report, examination of gender diverse offenders. Now, there's a lot of information in here that I think is important that we should go through and circle back to. But the one point that stands out under all gender diverse offenders, you have a bunch of different categories, right? And it goes down the different percentages that are in each category. And this is just all of them combined, right? Then it splits them up by trans women, trans men, and other groups. But all combined under gender identity. Take a look at how, how different the numbers are. 
trans women, which mean men that are dressing up like women and having surgeries to be women, 61% of the people they're dealing with in that category are offenders. In, in the sense of, in, in cases like sexual offenses and all sorts of other things. I mean, that's predominantly what this is about. Trans men, 21%. Other, 12, 17 That is not an anomaly, guys. That, that's wildly statistically significant. So what that shows you is that more than any other category, men pretending to be trans women or men or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Men pretending to be women or men that have turning themselves into women are 61% in this study turned out to be offenders, whatever that means to you. That has to matter, guys. And that's the overall point. Not that everybody, clearly there's 40% that aren't. The point is that there's a 60% of them that are doing this. Right? That. Or this. Now, last point I want to end with. You guys have seen this weird focus on Moms for Liberty. I, I love what they're... I've reached out to them, and they actually responded to me and said, yeah, let's set up an interview. And then I've responded like six times. They haven't gotten back to me. So I know they're busy. Maybe they just got... A, a, this is what tends to happen. <laughs> they get attention from people like Tucker, and all of a sudden, we don't matter anymore. But either way, I, I, like, I think what they're doing is important. And they're being aggressively misrepresented by the trans community. James Lindsay points out, I spoke with some of these people, the mixture of total ignorance, malice, and righteous certainty. So the Gnostic disposition was obviously a defiant trait, a defining trait, excuse me. They're post-millennial. He's writing about the trans community trying to call out moms for liberty. The point is, these people couldn't name one single book they've apparently they've supposedly banned. The, the point is, when you look at what they're really talking about, they're talking about banning sexually explicit material. You know, the kind of stuff that talks about fellatio and anal sex and sexual proclivities when these, when, to, to toddlers. I don't know why anybody ever pretended that was acceptable. And then they pretend Moms for Liberty are Nazis banning books while they're the ones quite literally banning statues and books and all sorts of things that they don't like. As long as they just call it a Nazi thing, that's not the same thing, apparently. My point, though, is you can read this for yourself. This group is literally called Moms for Liberty, and they're calling them a Nazi organization. The ADL has called them a white supremacy, Nazi racist organization. This is real. Moms for Liberty. If you care to look into them for 10 seconds, you'll realize nothing about that is true. And I just ta- I caught this on Billboard Chris was doing as one of these things, and I, I caught at the rally... These 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 people are a rally of their own, and they wrote this entire thing out just to the hopes that somebody like us or some platform would see it. Look what it says. Hey, Moms for Liberty, if you're scared of violent pornographic content, <laughs> like, like, okay, or shouldn't, like, that's, like, that's weird that you're scared of violent pornographic content for your children. Okay, but that aside, if you're scared of that near your kids, just wait until you read your Bible is what it says. I mean, the, the, either these people are shockingly stupid or they don't care that you're or that they or they're somehow conflating the whatever you might call sexual content in a Bible in the Bible compared to explicit graphic picturing of cur- like sexual anal sex, uh, fellatio, sexual positions, all sorts of conversations about masturbation. That's nowhere is that happening in the that this is people that you don't know. Or don't care. And on top of that, shouldn't we be scared? Whether it's the Bible or your disgusting books that of violent sexual content being put. Yes, we should do our children. 
Isn't that strange? Now, when I say they're books, I'm talking about the specific ones I'm talking about, not just books about being a gay person and so on. But even then, I argue that that's stuff that shouldn't, that should be the parents' decision to be able to talk about these things with their children. Period. It always has been the case. Lastly, here is LGB, which uh, this it, it says a youth movement to separate LGB and TG or TQ, excuse me, which I think is interesting because a lot, a lot of that's what I was just talking about, by the way, the, the lesbian, the gay communities. That's what it stands for. Lesbian, gay, bi, right? A lot of them have begun to speak out about the fact that the moment they added tr- trans and queer and all the rest of it is, is the way when this got aggressively politicized. And now that very trans community seems to be overtaking all the rest of it. And they are speaking out about it. A lot of these groups. Here is that group, very, that very group going pride in London. No, you know, and they're supposed, they always call themselves the inclusive pride. You know, it's you guys with the hate and you guys with the division, right? Pride in London no longer includes or recognizes same-sex attracted people. It literally says same-sex attracted is another word for Nazis. We don't need you here. Great, more broad stroking. So apparently if you just like a woman, if you're a man, you're now a Nazi to these people. And this is how the game works. There's people that really believe that. There's people that believe that anybody with the red hat is a fascist, apparently. But this is how dumbed down the conversation has gotten. And all we're trying to do is spread information that we can prove. And we are being aggressively censored, attacked, and derided everywhere. It's a strange time. It really is. But I believe that we are making positive changes because we are calling this stuff out. I really, truly believe that. But it doesn't mean that we're not watching people harmed by the agenda anyway. And watching people who don't seem to care that it's happening. But you guys care. That's why you're here. So thank you for being here and continuing to care. Make sure you share the information, guys. And I'm going to clip specifically some of these out that I think need to be focused on. But thank you for tuning in. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. The idea that there's hateful speech, it's like, yeah, okay, that's self-evident, no problem. Well, let's regulate it. Okay, fair enough, because it's hateful. You know, maybe we'd rather that there wasn't any of it. Okay, no problem. Who defines hate? Well, we'll worry about that later. It's like, no, you won't. That's actually the problem. Here's the answer to who defines hate. Those people that you would least want to have define it. That will be the inevitable consequence of the legislation. Because sensible people won't have anything to do with that. Like people who are power mad will gravitate to that domain to make an ethical case to exercise their controlling power over the language of other people. No, and I've had journalists say, well, what makes you think that your right to free speech trumps the right of someone to not be offended? And I think that's really the level of our political discourse.